Attention. If you owe the IRS, this is an important announcement. COVID relief is over and the IRS is ramping up like never before, sending out millions of collection letters to start 2024. Do you owe $10,000 or more or have unfiled returns? Now is the time to act. The IRS can garnish your wages, seize your property, and they can even take your home or your business. Don't let the IRS take advantage of you. It's time to call Tax Network USA. Their team of experienced tax lawyers has already saved over $1 billion in tax debt for their clients. They know how to negotiate with the IRS and can help you too. Visit TNUSA.com or call 1-800-245-6000. Again, that's 1-800-245-6000. Don't wait until it's too late. Take control of your tax situation today with Tax Network USA. 1-800-245-6000. Call now. All in all, it was actually kind of a weirdly slow news day, but we did have a lot of uh, news over the past weekend weekend. And for those that missed it, because you were in, it was, it was, that was the intention of Pfizer so that you would miss it. Last Friday at 8 p.m., they issued their formal response to James O'Keefe and Project Veritas. Okay, informal. They issued a statement about mutations and directed evolution. And the interesting thing is that they actually said that in certain cases, such a virus could be engineered so they could help, uh, help identify antiviral drug treatments, blah, blah, blah. Basically, in a matter of speaking, they, made it seem like they were denying having done anything like this. It's not gain of function or directed evolution, nothing like that. It's just engineering such a virus and researching the mutations to determine whether, okay, fine, you know what? I don't know what they're trying to say. How about we read you their statement, which basically says they're doing it. And several outlets have already reported they deny gain of function, but admit to engineering viruses. They claim it's safe, don't worry. But we'll read into that. We'll talk about that. Plus, we got... Celebrity actor Zachary Levi, Levy, how do you say Levi? He's uh, in Shazam. And in the wee hours of Sunday morning, he tweeted that he agreed Pfizer was dangerous for the whole world. And now he's got a bunch of liberals attacking him as an anti-vaxxer, which is the weirdest thing because he mentioned vaccines. Nobody did. It's just a big corporation that's been fined billions of dollars for criminal uh, for being found guilty of criminal charges and then allowed to continue operating. So we'll talk about all that, plus a bunch of really fun, fun stuff. You know, CNN record low ratings, and uh, apparently signing Bill Maher. It's not going to save him. But we'll talk about it. Before we get started, my friends, head over to TimCast.com. Become a member to support our work directly as a member. Click that Join Us button. You are supporting this show, the work we do. You're helping make it all happen. And you also get access to exclusive, uncensored, members-only shows uh, from the Tim Castell podcast. And we had Steven Crowder on recently. I would definitely recommend checking that out because he and I talk inside media baseball and just generally about our experiences with the media, the things they've offered us, what it's like. And that, I think, is, is really eye-opening and, and, and a bit evergreen if, if people are ever curious about how the media works. Among other things, I mean, a lot of jokes were, were had. But uh, become a member and uh, you'll be supporting us and our cultural endeavors. We're opening a coffee shop. Coffee, our, our coffee brand should be launching very, very soon. All we're waiting for right now, I think, is the organic certification because it's a new label, a new product. It is organic. And so now the U.S. government has to tell you and we have to pay them to tell you that it's true. It is organic. So I guess it takes a long time. So anyway, smash that like button. Subscribe to this channel. Share the show with your friends. If you really like it, click that share button and then share it wherever. And uh, you can follow the show at TimCast IRL. Follow me at TimCast. Joining us today to talk about this and a whole bunch more, including his personal experience with the lockdowns, we got Matt Strickland. 
Tim, thanks for having me on, brother. I really appreciate it. Uh, you, my name is Matt Strickland. And you, uh, you, uh, you're a restaurateur. I sure am. Before that, uh, I, uh, I was in the military, so I'm a veteran. Spent about 10 years of my life fighting in Iraq and Afghanistan and uh, came home and I opened a food truck. It turned into a restaurant and that quickly became successful as well until COVID hit. And uh, I realized very early on that these mandates were more about control than they were our health and safety. So I fought back. And because I fought back, the government stripped me of all of my licenses. But I continued to fight back and the people stood with me and we kicked the government's ass. You won. We won. We got to talk about it. This is this is great. We we went down to Gourmelts in uh, it's in Virginia, right? Yep. Uh, amazing food. Oh, Love the music. Nineties music. Yeah, it was the food was legit. It was good stuff. And uh, and hearing that you 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 won in the end is exactly what people need to hear. That's right. Because you know, uh, nonviolent civil disobedience. You said, look, we're a restaurant. This is unconstitutional. We're going to do our thing. The government came after you. It was a hard fight, and in the end, you win. That's it. That's what it was all about. I mean, I saw them stripping my customers and my employees of our constitutional rights, and I wasn't going to be complicit in that. And the reason was I spent my entire adult life fighting dictatorships overseas, and I was not going to come home to my country and allow a dictatorship to rule. And then what disappointed me is that my Republican leadership in the state of Virginia did not step up and fight with me. And for that reason, I'm now running for state Senate in Virginia, and I'm coming to crush the establishment. All right, man. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely talk about it. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for joining us. We got Libby hanging out as well. She's back. Hey, what's going on? It's Libby Emmons. I'm with the Post Millennial. Glad to be here. Right on. Hi, everyone. Ian Crossland here. Happy to report Bucko's doing extremely well. We had an amazing weekend together, hanging out, healing, eating a lot. And uh, also from the front of gaming news, if you haven't heard, Wizards of the Coast has gone back on their decision and plans to basically rip apart their old open gaming license and proprietize all their software. They were about to start taking huge chunks of percentages from people that were trying to make money off the D&D rule set, which had previously been made open. They couldn't even do it if they tried. Yeah, and they realized the the 89% of the people were dissatisfied in their polls, so they just scrapped the whole plan. They're just keeping it open. So I, I read another to, another instance of humanity stepping up and making sure that what's right remains. So, some quick context. Uh, Mr. Bocus is the cat. He is, he is our, our cat here at the at the Cast Castle. And he's sick, so Ian is getting some experimental experimental treatments for him. But uh, see, for us, normally, you know, Bocus lives with me, or he did, um, until Ian started tending to him over the past couple of weeks for his medicine. But, you know, Bocus will try and wake us up at about 6.30, 7 a.m., screaming, and then what he does is he puts one paw on your face and then lets out a claw right in your face. And you can, like wake up to a, like a light. You're like, ah, like, what's happening? And then he's yelling, like, ah, I want food. Wake up. So we were thinking it was kind of funny. I'm like, oh, man, you know, Ian sleeps so late. How's he going to handle Bocus screaming at him? And then I went, Ian's awake at 630 a.m. He goes You're to right. bed. That's so, right. So Bocus is chilling. He wants dinner. Ian gives him his 6.30 a.m. dinner, and then they both go to bed at the same time. It's great. And also, it's Kara and I are doing it together, my girlfriend Kara. So the two of us have a 12 hours on, 12 hours off kind of schedule. But Bucko's in good hands. Right on. We got Surge pressing the buttons. Yo, what's up, guys? I hope you guys are well. It's been a long weekend for me, but uh, we're out here. Let's get started. All right. Here's the story from the Daily Mail. Pfizer admits engineering COVID mutants in lab studies to ensure its antiviral drug works on new variants, but pharma giant insists tests were not gain of function and did not pose risk to the public. I love this story because like, we constantly hear this where it's like, you know, the analogy I give is, you know, Dr. Fauci, is there a door on the building of the NIAID? Uh, 
No, there is no door. We have no door. We have a porthole with a large wooden object, and there is a mechanical device you twist, which causes it to unlatch and open on hinges. And you're like, bro, you're describing a door. They just play this game where they're like, I didn't jaywalk. I just crossed the street, not in the crosswalk. It's like you're describing literally the thing. So Pfizer, in response, presumably to to Project Veritas, released a statement at 8 p.m. on Friday. Look at this. Friday, January 27th, 8 p.m. You know, we did a show that day, but like we didn't see this message come out literally the moment we go live because we we do pre-production about an hour before. But we're going to make sure we get this story front and center on Monday so that nobody forgets they tried to memory hole this. Let me read for you what they say because it'll make you laugh. Allegations have recently been made, is their statement, related to gain-of-function and directed evolution research at Pfizer. And the company would like to set the record straight. The next paragraph you're about to hear is just patter to, like, make you not want to read it. They say, in the ongoing development of the Pfizer BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine, Pfizer has not conducted gain-of-function or directed evolution research. Working with collaborators, we have conducted research where the original SARS-CoV-2 virus has been used to express the spike protein from new variants of concern— This work is undertaken once a new variant of concern has been identified by public health authorities. This research provides a way for us to rapidly assess the ability of an existing vaccine to induce antibodies that neutralize a newly identified variant of concern. We then make the data available through peer-reviewed scientific journals and use it as one of the steps to determine whether a vaccine update is required. Okay, so wait. You you get the the new variants, then you test it, see if you need to update. Makes sense. They add... In addition, to meet U.S. and global regulatory requirements for our oral treatment, Paxlovid, Pfizer undertakes in vitro work, e.g. in a laboratory culture dish, to identify potential resistance mutations to Nirma Trelver, one of Paxlovid's two components. With a naturally evolving virus, it is important to routinely assess the activity of an antiviral. Most of the work is conducted using computer simulations or, of, or mutations of the main protease A non-infectious part of the virus. You see, at this point, I'm reading it like, they're not saying they're engineering anything. They then go on to say, in a limited number of cases, when a full virus does not contain any known gain-of-function mutations, such virus may be engineered to enable the assessment of antiviral activity in cells. Okay, now they're just trying to play a legal game with me. Let's just break that sentence down to try and understand it. In, In a limited number of cases, when a full virus does not contain any known gain-of-function mutations, such virus may be engineered to enable the assessment of antiviral activity in cells. What they're saying is, when they engineer the cell, they need it to express mutations like they said they were checking for so that they can see if their antiviral works. That, to me, fine. Don't call it gain-of-function. Call it engineering, like they did. So COVID's actually engineering such a virus, as they've stated, to assess antiviral activity. Okay, there you go. Pfizer. Nice Pfizer is engineering. Oh, sorry. What yeah, did I say? COVID, COVID is the engineering. But it's oh, yeah. yeah. Pfizer. <clears throat> Pfizer. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, so, so Pfizer, you're weekend. saying in this, they admit to engineering certain viruses. They say, admit, well, they have to check and see if it works. <laughs> right, right, right. It's not gain of function or directed evolution. It's engineering. What I, I want to go back. This is, the, this is the game they play. You're right, yes, Tim, because when I read this, game. I also started to fall asleep, after, especially after that second paragraph where they're like, let us be clear about what we did. We did not do it, was the first the way they start mm-hmm. up the first thing. But when they say that they, they've conducted research where the original SARS-CoV-2, let me get this. Do you have a will or a trust? It can be scary to think about death. 
But not having a plan in place if something happens is far scarier. Thanks to trust and will, you don't have to navigate the complicated and confusing process of estate planning alone. They make it accessible, affordable, and way easier than you thought it could be. Trust and Will walks you through the whole process step by step. Each will or trust is state specific, and you can customize it to your own needs, including guardianship, healthcare preferences, power of attorney, and final arrangements. You'll have easy access and control of all your estate planning documents in one convenient place with bank level encryption. And you'll reduce the burden on loved ones by helping them avoid complicated probate proceedings and family disagreements, all starting at just $199. Join hundreds of thousands of families and protect your loved ones with Trust and Will. Get 10% off plus free shipping of your state plan documents at trustandwill.com slash Tim. That's trustandwill.com slash Tim. Below this image up here. Um, has been used to express the spike, the spike protein from new variants. So the original SARS-CoV-2 virus has been used to express the spike protein from new that, variants. What does that mean that they, that, that just, that, they use that, a virus that was, to express a protein in another Variant. Well, no, no, no. It, it just sounds like what they're saying is when there's a new variant discovered, they take it and then they put it in a dish and like grow it so they can have the spike protein. That, that, that doesn't sound like gain of function or anything like that. It's the bottom, it's the middle part of the third paragraph, well, second paragraph, where they're like, and in a limited number of cases, if the virus does not contain any known gain of function mutations, such a virus may be engineered. It sounds like they're saying, engineered to have gain of function mutations it does sound like they're saying that and <laughs> i think on, i think they are saying that but you had uh you had fauci saying for a while that they weren't doing gain of function and then it was clear that the research that was being funded was gain of function research it, it says gain of function on the research documents yeah, that's what it says and and rand paul is like dr fauci uh, this this document is yours and it says gain of function research and no we did not do it it, it mm -hmm. says right here gain of function i didn't do it okay man i just and uh, you can see can why why they would think it's a good idea, right? You can see why they would think like, okay, we're going to do research, we're going to figure out, you know, we're going to we're going to make the virus worse so that we can test our drugs and whatever else. You can see why they'd think it's a good idea, but that doesn't make it um, untrue that they're doing it. I, I, don't, I, I disagree. A, I, I I think the potential mutations of a virus have to be infinite. Yeah, oh, it's, it's, I don't think it's a good idea. No, 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 I'm no, saying no, you no, can no, no, see no, why they would on, think on, it's a my, good my idea. My point is this. Let's say there's there's a million potential mutations to the virus. Why would they mutate it and be like, if we mutate it this way, we can make a vaccine for it this way? And it's like, oh, so one in a million chance. You make money off that? That doesn't make sense to me. I don't know. To me, it sounds like the quintessential CYA. They just spent a whole paragraph telling us they're not doing something and just slipped a sentence in there saying, psych, we're doing it. <laughs> I was That's saying before the show yeah. to you, Matt, that like I think the uh, maybe even have like you know, immunity from the CIA is like, go, you're going to have to lie on this one and you've got all retroactive immunity if it comes out that you were lying in the future. So, well, I mean, it's public information that Pfizer's got immunity. I mean, and the reason they have immunity is because our politicians aren't the one running the show here, guys. And you guys know that. Uh, the people that are funding their campaigns are the ones running their show. And who's at the top of that food chain? Pfizer. In the form of uh, among companies. just yeah. massive the people that print the money, yeah, basically, so who's making ones. the money? Where's the yeah. money coming from? Because exactly. those are the people that are divvying out. Like the Federal Reserve well, decides who gets the loans first, right? So you've you got um, maybe a company that might sound like Black Croc, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, just a random word I thought of, and they get uh, Federal Reserve loans just pass right along to them to buy up whatever they want. 
companies like these then uh, you know I will, will invest in PACs and super PACs, allowing pot- politicians to get elected. I don't know if um, if overturning Citizens United ruling would actually change this. It might. I'd be interested to, to hear what people thought about that. You guys are familiar with Citizens United? Yeah, yeah. Basically, super PACs, as long as 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 long as they don't collude with the candidate, they can re- they can you can, they can donate an they infinite want. number yeah. of money, and then they can say whatever they want. So what ends up happening is you get big corporations; they'll go to the, the, the candidate and say, are you the guy who's going to help our very important research save America? Because we're looking to donate a lot to help that happen. And then the candidate will be like, well, I don't know nothing about that, but rest assured, I'm a big fan of Pfizer and them helping would sure would be great if I won. And they go, we get it. They then go to a super PAC and say, here's $500 million. We want him. Super PAC can run a campaign for somebody. You don't you have to be involved in it. They're going to make you win. Well, Biden is uh, planning to completely increase the uh, medical indu- industrial complex as part of the cancer moonshot plan. You know, they're funding so they're going to put so much money in to create federal, um, like basically a federally funded, federally affiliated um, medical research situation. Wow, that sounds like a good idea. I guess. It's yeah. disturbing. Yeah, I it's very disturbing. Yeah. But that's that's like part of their big plan. They're going to increase that portion of the federal government, get a whole bunch of researchers on there to do, you know, more stuff like this. Um, all in the uh, idea that they're going to cure cancer. I wonder how much cancer they make in labs, you know, that they're then going to try and cure it. Yeah, well, I mean, a high acidity lymphatic system can cause the cells to mm. duplicate at a rapid pace, which a lot of scientists call cancer. Like if you don't alkalize your your lymphatic system. You can feed people sugar and keep making medicine, and then you're doubling down on the profit because not only are they buying your food, they're buying your medicine. Mm-hmm. I can't stand it. I think that there's some value for Pfizer to be working on, uh, uh, I guess you'd call it gain of function in simulations and computer simulations, like yeah, a quantum that's computer. Good. That's different than the lab thing. You want millions and billions of potential viral outcomes, and then millions and billions of potential digital you know, cures of viruses in a computer. Keep it in the computer because outside, you know, they can leak. They can leak. Viruses can leak. You create something that you're afraid of becoming reality. You just created the thing that you were afraid of becoming reality. So uh, I don't know. But I mean, I think they're doing it personally. I think they're just doing it for profit. I think that companies, because they're allowed to, if someone's allowed to do something, assume that they're going to, that if they're allowed to make a virus and and, uh, a medicine for it and profit off that medicine, why would they not? Well, and once a once a kind of technology or something like that is created, it will be used. It's just a matter of time. The for profit aspect of it is is actually, I mean, it's it's terrifying. It's it's not, it's unethical to profit off of a meta. What the, I don't games, know. People games, profit off it. of food. They profit off of food. The food industry is for profit. So look, man, I'm not, I've, I've I've never been all about laissez faire capitalism like Luke is. You know, he likes to come on and. He just talks about how capitalism or free market solves everything, and this is corporatism and things like that. And the government actually intervenes to help major corporations win. It's not really capitalism. But I genuinely believe that if you have completely unrestricted markets, you're going to get seed oils. Like, this is my shout out to Luke Rutkowski, We Are Change. You're not here to defend yourself, but too bad. (laughs) Unrestrained capitalism, a company is going to say, look, no one cares about seed oils. Only these these weirdos like Luke Rudkowski are, are complaining about seed oils, and they're cheaper. Use those, mm-hmm. but and then everyone's going to start eating them. And if they get sick, 
They're not going to know why, and there's not going to be anything. They're not going. They're going to keep buying these, these products. You got a little stink bug right on your chest oh, there, guy. Um, what really concerns me is the drug dealers that are making money off this system. Like Pfizer's a, a company that deals drugs. I mean, you might use a different term. <laughs> they sell drugs to people, but like the, the the tobacco industry used to have commercials for kids. They would target kids with Joe Camel, and like they want you to start early. And that was the Congress had to step in because the you know unrestricted capitalism. You're you'll right allow about these drugs. the. Uh, you're right about the drugs. Though, and if you look at the data, the um, number of kids and teens that are on psych meds um, is incredibly high. And a lot of the kids that are on psych meds are like vulnerable kids, like kids in foster care. A lot of boys are on psych meds. And a lot of these kids are on medications that are not approved for their age group. And they're on multiple drug cocktails that are not approved for their age group as well. I just want to say stink bugs are lucky, lucky that they're kind of cute and doofy. They're not cute. I think they're they're tremendously they're cute. They're creepy. They're not creepy. It's like they, they clap. You know that? I don't like them. They clap. I did it. I, 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 I don't kill them, but I also don't like them. You kill them, they make a stinky smell. I don't want anything he to was, do He was them. on my monitor, but uh, they clap. I, not, I'm not even kidding. I, I recorded a segment and then I was done and I looked up and there was a stink bug just going like this. Like, I'm like, why is it? Is what is, is that like some kind of mating call? Probably. Right? I mean, they, they were into they it. They were just like, calls? yo, you That's complain like about Joe Biden so good. They dance too. <laughs> they if, you get, if you watch them, they'll like walk sideways and then walk sideways and keep doing it and like turn and shake and stuff. And well, as far it. as these uh, pharmaceutical companies go, it's insane to me how incentivized doctors are to prescribe a certain medication. I was when I was in the military. I was a uh, combat medic, so I was an infantry medic. And uh, the first job I got when I got out of the military, uh, I was working at a, uh, a hospital. And these pharmaceutical reps would come in and wine and dine these doctors and provide all of us, even us medics, you know, free lunches and such. And uh, and it's just insane to me how incentivized these doctors are to sell those specific products. And as far as the packs go. They may not be able to deal directly with a with a candidate, but everybody knows, you know, if it's two or three people removed, they get a hold of these candidates. And I'm, when Matt Gates was on the show just a uh, just a few days ago, he told you guys, he said, the first thing you do when you become a congressman, when you get to D.C., is you sit down at a table with the people who are the leaders in the industry that you want to be a commi- in a, on a committee of and uh and and that just shows you right there it proves to you how corrupt politics are and it lets you know that these politicians that we get pissed off at and that we blame for all of these problems they're not the ones running the show it's these lobbyists and uh and these packs in the pharmaceutical industry i mean those guys are at the top of the, the top of that food chain it's a lot of companies it's the military industrial complex absolutely you got lockheed yeah. you got boeing you got halliburton i mean the list goes on northrop what you were saying too about um, hospitals and pharmaceutical reps. Mm-hmm. At when I finished college, I worked for a uh, like a, a small medical office, and I was like doing insurance paperwork. That was my job. But these pharmaceutical reps would come in like almost every day, and they would bring lunch for the entire office, and they'd just like spill sample cases full of their drugs yeah, like all nothing. over the place. Yeah. And it's so weird. You're right. Like they used to target kids with tobacco advertising, and now like anytime you watch TV, there's half a dozen drug advertisements, and you listen to the list, and my son and I will joke about it. He'll be like, oh, this drug for depression, Mom, it, it cures your depression, but you might have increased thoughts of suicide. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> 
Yeah. Isn't great. that the opposite of what's right. supposed to do? And you listen to it, and it's like this will help you lose weight, but you you might want to kill yourself or or sleeping drugs. And it says like well, you a, may forget that you got up and drove your car while you were on this drug, so be careful with that. And why are we seeing all of these um, advertisements for major pharmaceutical drugs that can make you think you're sleeping while actually you're driving your car? Well, the best thing is. Uh, when they don't actually tell you what the drug does. Right, and they never do. They're like, it's ask like, your doctor, and you're like, about what? Yeah, I, I, I remember seeing a commercial, I can't remember, y'all, y'all have probably seen commercials like this, where it's like an old guy, and he's like looking sad, and it's like the color's gray, and it's like, feeling down? Maybe Clovestol is right for you. And then he's smiling, and then he's like walking through a park, and it's like, ask your doctor today about Clovestol. No, I don't know what you're selling me. Yeah. Like, and the, the drug names imagine? are so bizarre. Like, oh, yeah. successra. Well, it's, oh, the okay. reason, <laughs> it's the reason successra. they made pill boxes. Because you right. need a pill to remedy the side effects from this pill. And then you need another pill to remedy <laughs> right. the side effects from that pill. And it, and it just goes on and on and on. And that's why they created pill boxes. This one makes the pain go away, but also makes you want to die. This one makes you not want to die, but could also make you think about wanting to die. So then you have this one here that actually makes you forget what's going on so that you don't remember but wanting to die. Side effect, it might cause pain. So back to the original <laughs> pill, might have to double your prescription. You know, I think when the the um, oxycodone epidemic in the 90s, late oh, 90s, geez. this is the oxy, this is the far... This is what you would call the, what would you call it, the, what kind of drug is that? The, it was like an opiate. Yeah, I remember like actually, like, epidemic. I was trying to, I was trying to buy weed, and uh, the guy didn't have any weed, and he was like, oh, here, take this, and it was an, it was an Oxycontin, and I was, I was out for, like, two days. I was like, what the heck? And then you, did, you, did, you had no idea what it was, and you took it? No, yeah, I was an idiot. I was an idiot, obviously. Yeah, don't do that. The way that I don't, nobody else should ever do that. Especially today with fentanyl. People die, have been <laughs> exactly. dying from overdosing yeah. on fentanyl that they think right. is like a... I don't get the whole fentanyl you know, thing. Isn't it a prescription drug? Like, how did it no. get in all China. the street drugs? Like, how did this happen? It's both China. prescription and street. No, China. 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 I'm telling you, so the in, in 2012, I had a vasectomy. 2012 and first time I ever took any kind of painkiller so they gave me Percocet and Vicodin oh man that's yeah. a lot of painkillers that's a lot of painkillers Percocet's and, uh, powerful stuff mm-hmm. I took two Woo. and I flushed them down the toilet and the reason I flushed them down the toilet is because it was like the best drunkness you've ever had yeah. without the hangover happened to me and I was like this is dangerous so I, I just I had to flush them down the toilet, and it's in the I freaking like, water supply because people are flushing them down. <laughs> well, that's I my don't fault. know no if that persists. Might get filtered out, but I, I, in twenty fourteen I had a kidney stone, and there's nothing they can do for you. I mean, if it's like really bad, you might have to get surgery, but it wasn't really that bad. It just it hurts, and also people don't understand. Let me tell you guys, it's it's inside your body. It's not like you know you're going to the bathroom one day and you're like there's something jammed up in you know my my schlong or something. Yeah. You're you're at the doctor's and it I'm like it's either appendicitis or. Like they thought it was appendicitis, and then I went in like pain in my abdomen, and they were like, "Yeah, it's your kidneys released like a small rock," and they were like, "Nothing we can do about it. Here's a bottle of pills." And I took one, and you you nailed it. Feel awesome. And it, and I never took another one. You wrote yeah. a song about it. At least that's one of the songs you were telling me about. It was that uh, no, I don't think a guy so. searching for the the fix. At least oh, that was well, one that, of the, that was written a long time before that. That was wild. But oh. this is this is. Uh, like the feeling you get from it was so intense that I, I did the same thing you did. Yeah, but, I didn't flush it down the toilet. I just threw it away. But the point is that, so I flushed it down the toilet and I just took Motrin. And guess what? I was absolutely fine. 
That's all I needed. So these doctors, they're just pushing this medication, just shoving it down your throat. Well, it's and not only the medication, it's surgery. It's like at one point I hurt, I hurt my back like after my son was born and I saw two doctors and they were like, you need back surgery. And I was like, no, yep. no, I do not need back well, surgery. Well, look at Hulk Hogan. He's paralyzed now. Right? Yeah, we were just talking about it before the show. Hulk Hogan's I had paralyzed. A, I had a doctor. I went in because I was having trouble sleeping and she prescribed me sleeping pills which then gave me nightmares and I also couldn't sleep. And then I bought new pillows. Like I literally bought new pillows and I didn't have an issue ever, like ever after that. You know, the reason I brought up the opiate crisis and some people call it an epidemic because is you see what the Sackler family did to humanity for profit in the 90s and in the 2000s? That was crazy. So that's the example of what pharmaceutical companies- all over everything. I know, you would think at this point people would realize, oh, that family is demonic. I'm not like a good and evil kind of guy. I'm not that binary. But when you see pharmaceutical companies eradicating the population for profit, I got to wonder if maybe they're evil or doing something wrong. They're the oxycodone, they created it. to maybe oxytocin it's supposed to be like a feel-good chemical like oxy because oh, oxytocin is like i think the, that's why they named it it's that. like the orgasm manipulation tactics thing yeah. so you would think people would be so awakened to the pharmaceutical company's attempt at profits that they would be eye-opening and, and gazing at pfizer right now like with a microscope well, what's weird is they came down so hard on tobacco right but they don't come down they like praise the pharmaceutical industry for all that they're doing for humanity and the pharmaceutical industry is getting all this federal funding. Time is our most precious commodity. And I've heard from so many of my listeners who have asked for my advice about how they can spend it wisely to improve themselves and the people around them. That's why I'm so excited that Hillsdale College is offering more than 40 free online courses in the most important and enduring subject. You can learn about the works of C.S. Lewis, the stories in the book of Genesis, the meaning of the U.S. Constitution, the rise and fall of the Roman Republic, or the history of the ancient Christian church with Hillsdale College's online courses, all available for free. That's right, for free. I personally recommend you sign up for Constitution 101, the meaning and history of the U.S. Constitution. In this 12-lecture course, you'll explore the design and purpose of the Constitution, the challenges it faced during the Civil War, and how it has been undermined for more than a century by progressivism and liberalism. The course is self-paced so that you can start whenever and wherever. Enroll now in Constitution 101. Our country needs more Americans who understand the Constitution and can defend the freedom of the American people against the encroachments of an increasingly large and unaccountable government. Go right now to hillsdale.edu slash Tim to enroll. There's no cost and it's easy to get started. That's hillsdale.edu slash Tim to register. Hillsdale.edu slash Tim. I, you know, hey, burning, burning, breathing and burning smoke obviously I mean, is bad for you, so that's an easy target. We're paying up for that stuff with like all the COVID tests and all that crap. Considering we're ragging on uh, these big pharmaceuticals, let's jump to this story from Fox News. Zachary Levy sparks Twitter controversy over claim that Pfizer is a danger to the world. Hardcore agree. Hardcore agree. I love this. Here's a tweet. Lyndon Wood said, do you agree or not that Pfizer is a real danger to the world? And he said, hardcore agree. And uh, liberals went nuts. Okay, one less movie ticket to, to, ticket to spend money on, stupid. Seriously, guy? Like, he, 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 does, he didn't like a massive multinational pharmaceutical corporation that's been a, a, a fine, some of the largest fines in history. $2.3 billion plus another $430 million from four, uh, five years prior. They didn't learn their lesson. They got fined like $200 million in, I think it was in 2001 or something like that. They got fined $430 million in 2004. 
Then they got fined again in 2009, and it was $2.3 billion. And my question is, at a certain point, why don't you shut them down? You're committing crimes over and over again. You're done. When a human being commits a crime, we say, we take you from your job. Your job is no longer being done. We put you in a box. We close it. You can't go out. Well, With these corporations? Well, it depends on the severity of the crime. Sure. But if we're talking about a crime against humanity on the scale of $2.3 billion fine because they were selling off, you know, off, I, I can't remember exactly what they were what they were doing, but they were like misleading the public as to what their drugs were doing or something like that. Well, that lets you know how crooked it is because at my restaurant, if there was case after case after case after case of people getting sick after eating at my restaurant, I'd be shut down and there'd be no question Done. about it. If, if, if you ran a company... If you, were, if you were in a restaurant and that restaurant was dealing drugs out of the back door, they would shut it down, every employee fired. I, I, I mean, it's like, sorry, this company's doing something, committing crimes. That's right. And, and you know what it could be? It could be one manager who's been doing it and they shut the thing down. And they say, no, 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 this is, this is, this is a criminal enterprise. And then the people are just like, I don't know, man, I just make burgers. And like, too bad, you lose your job. But when a pharmaceutical company does it, this is the reality of the world. They're too big to fail. So the government says, just give us a cut of the profit and keep doing what you're doing. So for the record, Pfizer got fined 2.3 billion uh, for misbranding Bextra, with the drug Bextra, with the intent to defraud or mislead. They attempt, essentially, according to- What was to Bextra for? Justice.gov. Um, I'm not sure was, what it was, was for. That, hold on, was that, is that the 2.3 billion one? 2.3 billion. They were selling it off-label, meaning that they didn't get FDA approval for the re- things they were selling it for. Oh, they had only had approval for the original thing. And they actually, the FDA had declined to give it approval for the things that they were selling it for off-the-label, according to uh, justice.gov. A big, big, big mishandling of, well, there's of the a, public trust. There's also a situation where this there's, there's this drug Lupron that's used for um, for uh, like prostate cancer and things like this, um, and it's being used off label as a drug to give children to block puberty to for gender dysphoria, and it's also used for precocious puberty in a few in like some cases, but it's only recommended for three months at a time, and so it's not approved for. Uh, you know, it's not FDA approved for use in children for more than three months for this extra purpose, this gender dysphoria purpose, but no one says anything about it. And Lupron's sales continue to increase. They don't recommend the drug for that purpose, but they certainly just keep taking the money. This company, AbbVie, which makes a ton of drugs. This is what, this is how it works with with big corporations. Typically the government just says, look, give us our cut and you can keep doing it. A company does something that's illegal, makes $10 million. FTC says it's a $5 million fine, sir. And they go, oh, oh, geez. Oh, I guess I got to pay you. Have a nice day. And they put $5 million in their pocket. Mm-hmm. I should specify, sis, here that the FDA, uh, when it came to Bextra, specifically declined to approve. So I think that they didn't say this is bad. I think they just didn't give it an approval. But they went ahead so, and used it anyway. Zachary Levy. Is it Levi? Is it Levy? Is it Levy? Don't know. I'll call him Levy. He uh, was getting ragged on and attacked by the left. So he tweeted just one example of what I'm referring to, and it's at justice.gov, the largest, uh, what is it, largest healthcare fraud settlement in history. It's not anymore. I think there's a, uh, was it GlaxoSmithKline's now the biggest? Oh. Yeah, three, three billion something. But, uh, and that was later on. But they're still attacking this guy over it. It's like, you're not going to go see Shazam next. I'm, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to buy two tickets to Shazam. And if nobody takes it, just have, just pay for it. Just I'm gonna I'm gonna give the the, the DC Universe Warner Brothers money because they 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 got a, a guy leading a movie 
who didn't say anything anti-vax, just said, hey, man, be wary of these massive multinational corporations. They're dangerous. I respect that. And that's the kind of marketing I think movies should be all about. So, you know, I'm, I'll buy two two tickets. I want Ian, I'll buy two, two tickets for you. Thanks. You I'll both seats. I won't see up. it, but yeah. Okay. Oh, maybe I will then. Well, um, we got tickets to go. Uh, oh, no, wait, we don't have tickets. We have tickets to see Quantumania. I'm, no, I, I really do want to see it's a, a Shazam, Fury of the Gods. I'm really excited. The first Shazam was, Shazam was awesome. I don't know anything about Shazam. It's a DC superhero. Billy Batson's a little kid. Wizard gives him the power of uh, Shazam. It's a bunch of gods. Shazam is that like some the wisdom sort of, of Solomon, uh, the strength of Hercules, the okay. the you know something I don't know. He's fast like then, lightning. So he's a, he's a little kid, and then he yells Shazam and gets struck by lightning, and then turns into a big huge dude. Mm-hmm. And it's it's fun and funny. It was like the only DC movie that was actually a bit irreverent. I like the funny ones. That's why I liked Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. It was funny. You'll like, you haven't seen Shazam? You'll like it. No. I'll you, check it it's out. It's fun. Can I take my kid? Probably. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He'll Super be fan. like, oh, nice. We're yeah. going to see something I like. But you can see the first one. The first one's out. Okay. It oh. was like the best performing DC movie, I think, because they're all garbage. Uh-huh. This yeah. one actually was good. And uh, the second one's coming out. And all these liberals are yelling like one month before the movie comes out, this guy's an anti-vaxxer. And it's like, he didn't say any of that. You guys are nuts. Well, the nuts. thing is, like these Hollywood people, they need you all to comply with their viewpoint or else they're going to yell at you. And it's like, there's no reason to comply with anyone's viewpoint. Think for yourself every single time. I mean, obviously. Um, it's like making a song. This is why the Beatles were so great. John and Paul did not work in lockstep they didn't no. repeat, they didn't sing harmonics of their words they sang two totally different songs together to create a mega song and we need more of that who with do you think arguments. was better john or paul john really i mean my john lennon's one of my ultimate personal top three heroes well here's the here's the george reality. washington and einstein probably paul was poppy john lennon was cool and so together that was that was a you know powerful that was force. the that John, was the force dude. john's yeah. willing to speak cool out against poppy. the military industrial yeah. complex before yeah. it was cool. yeah i mean he think, had the cool glasses think, think about like paul's songs with like what was that was that one he wrote years ago which you one know, he's written so be many right. do, do, da, yeah, yeah, yeah. i don't know it's all like super it is poppy. very poppy yeah. yeah he was the pop star of the band and john sure. lennon is all like vietnam is wrong mm-hmm. you know kids are getting blown. dark angry yeah. got beat up when he was a kid Edgy. like just a rough life love that guy do you know what? I, I want to add some nuance to what um, Zachary was saying about Pfizer being evil. I think that what happens is unfettered drug dealers are dangerous or evil. Not not all. Not because marijuana is a different beast. Uh, caffeine is a different beast. They're both drugs. THC and, and caffeine. Yeah, but unfettered, it's really bad. I mean, like True. there's unfettered marijuana sales in New York City right now. You can't walk down the street without smelling it. Like every bodega has unregulated marijuana sales. You don't have any idea what is being purchased or what is being sold. You don't have to show ID. There's absolutely no regulation. And the city is trying to shut it down now and be like, no, we're only going to give weed licenses to people who were formerly incarcerated or, you know, on on drug charges. But it's been like over a year. You can't you can't tell the bodegas they have to stop selling loose pre-rolled joints now they're not going to um and yeah. it's 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 unregulated it's unfettered and it's not a good situation. yeah pfizer's a result of an unfettered like yeah. uh, uh, a system where they can have immunity like moderna's right there in the shadows if you want to mm-hmm. take down spend the next 10 years taking down pfizer moderna is next and it's gonna be the exact same problem which well, is so. it blows my mind that there's regular people on twitter defending pfizer i can't believe that i mean it's it's the Are same there? It's Are the same. Well, yeah, probably not. <laughs> but it's the same cycle when it comes to these pharmaceutical companies. It's create a medicine or a vaccine or whatever, cause injuries, destroy lives, uh, make thirty billion dollars, find three billion dollars, rinse and repeat. Well, that's the thing I was saying about 
what we were just reading with the uh, off-label, the intentional misleading. These are these are companies that uh, if, if you pull up, there's the Wikipedia list of all of the crimes committed by these corporations. So the, the, the real issue for me is these people aren't doctors. I mean, they're technically doctors, you know, but you have a doctor that you talk to when you're like, yo, I got a bum knee. They know your medical history. They know your family. If you get a good one, you've had them for a long time. The problem is when you mentioned earlier, they go and lobby the doctors and they say, uh, I, I, I told this story uh, earlier. I was skating when I was like 16 and I hit my knee and I heard it and I'm like, I better get it checked out. Doctor says, nah, it's a sprain or a strain or something. You're fine here. And then he handed me a whole bunch of sample packets of an anti-inflammatory steroid, methylprednisolone, I think it was. My goodness. And he was like, just take a couple of these. And, and they were sample packs and he just threw them at me. And then I was like, whatever you say, doc. And I'm like, my doctor I, did that I with birth control guess. pills. <laughs> like in little sample packs? Yeah, like a ton of them. Like, here, just take all these. <laughs> you know, this, this was my family's doctor. And when I was 16. <laughs> and you, what ended, you know what ended up happening is I, I was like, okay. So I, he's like, yeah, I took a couple of them. And then I didn't notice anything. And the next day I was like, I don't know, I just didn't take them. And then I ended up just getting better because I was a kid who, you Kids know, get I, banged my, I banged my knee. I, I was skating, I fell, hit my knee, and I couldn't bend it. And so it like swole up or something. And it turned out to be nothing legitimately serious or anything like that. But I just kind of, I don't know, man, it's kind of weird to me. You got you to make sure you got a good trusted doctor. It's just that. You got to make sure that when they, when they hand you some like samples or whatever, you ask them, what is it? What does it do? Why do I need it? And if they can't answer and they're like, well, it was given to me, then maybe you got a salesman and not a doctor. So find someone who can give you good advice and talk to you about it. But actually, uh, Matt, I want to I talk to you about what, what you went through because, you know, we're talking about all, this pharma, all, the, all the big pharma stuff. But I'm curious, when all the lockdowns happened, there were a handful of businesses that stood up and said no. What you 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 ran one of these businesses that the government sh- tried to shut down. You resisted, and the first thing I just want to say is this is a story that I'm excited for you to tell because we've long told people nonviolence of disobedience, stand up for what you believe in, file the lawsuits, file the complaints, make them work for their their oppression or whatever, and you will win. And you won. They tried to shut you down. They 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 hurt your business. They hurt you. But then in the end, you ended up winning out. So let's uh, t- tell us exactly what went down with your business, how that, how that started. Yeah, well, so as soon as COVID started, I was actually, at the, at the time, I was still working as an intelligence analyst for the military, just to supplement my income, you know, because when you, when you start a restaurant, you're not off to the races, you know, automatically making money. So when COVID happened in uh, March of 2020, they shut my entire program down that I was working on. And I was working on a, uh, a pretty intense, a pretty serious program and uh, that had a lot of national security implications. So when they sent all of us home and they shut the entire skiff down, I paid attention and I said, well, this must be something serious. This must be a virus that's going to kill half the world, like they're saying. So I took it serious and uh, I, uh, I listened to the recommendations of, at that time, Governor Northam, and I shut my restaurant down, took a step back because I wanted to be responsible and didn't want to put my customers in harm's way. I, nobody knew at that time what was going on. So it wasn't long after that, maybe a month or so, that I started to realize something weird was going on. And then three months after, June of 2020, Governor Northam said, okay, restaurants, you can open back up, but under these provisions. And that's when it clicked. I said, wait a minute. This is more about control than it is our health and safety. And it was because they put mandates in place like you have to wear a mask when you walk in the restaurant. But as soon as you sit down, somehow you're safe from COVID. And nobody's allowed to sit at my bar 
but I could pull the table up to the bar and uh, you can sit there. And my bartender couldn't hand a drink over the bar. My bartender had to walk around the bar and serve it to the person side by side. Just very arbitrary uh, mandates that made absolutely no sense. And uh, so, like I said, I spent my entire adult life fighting dictatorships overseas. And I wasn't going to come home and allow a dictatorship to rule. So I did the only thing I could do, and that was fight back uh, by not complying. Civil disobedience. And I kind of did that kind of under the radar uh, at first. I didn't announce it. My customers just knew that when they came to Gourmelts, they were walking into uh, what America used to be pre-COVID. They were walking into freedom. A safe space. A safe space. There you go. And, uh, And I operated that way, actually, from June of 2020 to January of 2021. I would get a call from uh, from the health department maybe once a month or so, and they would say, hey, Matt, we uh, we got a call from one of your customers that said you're not following COVID mandates. And I would never confirm or deny it. And at that time, the health uh, inspectors, they weren't allowed to come out <laughs> and, uh, and inspect. So none of them ever came came out to my restaurant. So I would just say, oh, well, thanks for the call. I appreciate that. And they would just say, oh, yeah, yeah you know, just you know, follow COVID mandates. And I'd be like, oh, okay, cool, whatever. And, uh, and it went like that until January 2021. Now, what happened in in January was Biden took office. And when he took office, as you guys know, he started firing off all of these executive orders. One of those executive orders mandated OSHA come out in conjunction with local health departments and shut down restaurants specifically that weren't following COVID mandates. And that's when I got my first visit from the, the health department and OSHA. And they said, hey, Matt, you're not following COVID mandates. And I said, no, no, I'm not. I said, because they don't make any sense. I said, if you can make them make sense to me, common sense, because I'm all about common sense. I've never been a very political guy. I've never trusted politicians on either side of the aisle, to be honest with you. And, uh, and, And I just want things to make sense. And what he told me is really what set the wheels in motion. He said, well, Matt, it doesn't have to make sense. The governor said you have to do it, so you have to do it. And at that point, I said, absolutely not. This is not how things work in America. And he said, well, we'll come back and uh, we'll suspend your, your health department license. And I said, well, you do what you have to do, but I'm going to do what I know I have to do. And, uh, and that is afford my customers their constitutional rights. And I, at that point, I told him, I said, at this point, you were trespassing. So if you don't leave my property, um, I'll have you removed. And he left, but he, he, uh, he made good on his promise, and he came back about two weeks later, served me with the suspension papers, suspended my health department license. And in the state of Virginia, if your health department license is suspended, your alcohol license, your ABC license, is automatically suspended. <clears throat> so I lost both of those that day. And I continued to, to, to operate business as usual. I didn't comply. And at that point, I made a video and, uh, and I put it out to the public what was going on, and I let them know that I would not be complying. And uh, the main reason is because, like I said before, I spent a lot of my time, a lot of my adult life fighting overseas. And I have a lot of brothers that went overseas with me and didn't make it back. A lot of guys that died over there. And their kids are growing up right now here in the United States of America because they felt that America was more important than their life. So if I'm not willing to put my livelihood on the line, when those guys were willing to put their life on the line, then what kind of man am I? And my wife and I, we always teach our kids to do what's right, no matter what the personal cost is to them. So how in the hell are we going to teach them that if we're not willing to do the same thing ourselves? So those are the main reasons why I fought back. And because I did that, uh, they, they sued me. 
Governor Northam sued me, and uh, he took me to court and tried to shut my business down. But I didn't back down. And it was overwhelming, the response from the community that showed up after that. I mean, I had people coming from across the nation to support me. I had one guy come all the way, I remember, from Iowa. Now, my restaurant, Gourmelts, is right off of Interstate 95 in Virginia, not even a mile from the exit. So it's, uh, it's very convenient. So I get a lot of people that come by all the time just passing through. So this guy came up to me, and uh, he said, hey, I'm from Iowa. And I said, well, you're just passing through or what? And he said, nope, I flew out here just to come to your restaurant and shake your hand and look you in the eye and thank you for what you were doing. And, uh, and he started crying. And, and that right there, man, it got me. It let me, knew, it let me know at that point that I was doing the right thing. Because when you make a decision like my wife and I made, which was to fight back, you, don't, you have no idea which way it's going to go. Uh, we thought it was going to be the end of, uh, of our business. We thought it was going to be the end of everything we worked our entire life for. But the community showed up and they supported us. And we had a line out the door from open to close. And by 7 p.m., we had no food left. Wow. All we had was bread. And people were walking up to the register saying, give me a piece of bread and I'll pay full <laughs> price for it. Wow, it's amazing. And it just it blew my mind. And, uh, and we continued to fight back. And, uh, and I reached out to my, my, uh, my Republican representatives in Virginia because they're supposed to be conservative patriots that stand for the Constitution. And all I was doing was standing for the Constitution, standing for my customers' constitutional rights. And, uh, and I was very disappointed that none of my Republican representatives reached back out to me. And uh, so these last few years have not been easy on our economy. And with tax season finally arriving, there will be millions of hardworking people and businesses that could struggle even more due to the IRS working against them and pocketing profits for themselves. America First Tax Group can help put an end to your worries. Just one phone call to 800-431-5684 and you'll be in touch with America First Tax Group, a full-service tax company that'll fight the IRS's predatory tactics and put you on the path to financial freedom. Their experts can help you or your business with any tax-related problems you may have, from dealing with your back taxes to granting you access to tax relief and much more. Don't wait. Get in touch with America First Tax Group today by calling 800-431-5684. That's 800-431-5684. Or visit AmericaFirstTaxGroup.com slash Tucker. Again, 800-431-5684 or AmericaFirstTaxGroup.com slash Tucker. Long story short, I, uh, I said, how do I get rid of these scumbags? How do I make sure? Because they run around saying Democrats are ruining the country, and they are. But these Republicans that are sitting on their hands, not willing to step up and fight for you and me, they're no better than those Democrats. That's the establishment we talk about. The uniparty is absolutely real. In the end, you end up, what, you got your back your liquor license, your health license and all that stuff? Well, so, so what happened is uh, we go to court for, with the health department and, uh, and I beat the health department in court. I proved that these mandates were in fact unconstitutional and they had to give me my health department license back. Good. So the next up was uh, the ABC. We go before the ABC board to get my ABC license back. And we thought it would be, you know, cut and dry, open and shut. Hey, you took my ABC license only because the Virginia Department of Health took my health department license. Well, we beat them in court and they had to give me that license back. So now in turn, you should have to give me my ABC license back. Makes sense, right? Yeah. Well, it's a very liberal ABC board. Now, at this time, we had a change of governors in Virginia. Uh, so Governor Youngkin took over. So now Ralph Northam is no longer 
the uh, the governor. Uh, we got a Republican governor, Republican lieutenant governor, and Republican attorney general. So I go before the ABC board, and it's a very liberal ABC board. And what they said was, in a nutshell, basically was, Matt, didn't matter that you beat the Department of Health, and that's the only reason we took your license. It doesn't matter that the reason they took it was unconstitutional. All that matters is we took it, and you didn't comply. And that word comply kept coming up. And they said, so for that reason, we're not going to give you your license back. And I said, well, Roger that, then I don't need a license. And I continue <laughs> to sell alcohol without it. Wow. And I immediately, as soon as uh, Glenn Youngkin uh, took office, I uh, reached out to him and I uh, heard nothing back from him. We all saw the video where you're filming and the ABC guys come in and the cops come in and they're, they're raiding and looting your private property of alcohol. Mm -hmm. what, what, so what finally happened? What is this? Yeah, well, the reason they came out and raided my place is because, like I said, I was reaching out to the governor since uh, he took office. And by that time, I announced my run for state senate to uh, come crush the establishment. And Republican leadership, they don't like when a Republican candidate speaks out against other Republicans. But uh, I have no idea why. You should speak out against any politician that's not doing their job. So for that reason, they didn't reach out and help me. They uh, left me to the wolves. And I heard nothing back from the governor's office or the attorney general's office until December 2nd of 2022, this past December, when the Virginia State Police and the Virginia ABC agents came and raided my restaurant and took every drop of alcohol out of my restaurant. That's where you're at right now? What? Well, so that's the viral video that, uh, that you guys saw. And, and so what happened after that is uh, we were going back and forth and they were trying to settle with me, but I've always stayed strong in my stance in that I will not settle with you. I didn't do anything illegal. I didn't what, do anything wrong. What do they wrong. want? What, what, settle, what kind of settle do they want at this point? I mean, the whole thing's over. Yeah, well, so, you know, they've always, you know, over, they, they, they were offering me, you know, hey, Matt, instead of 90 days of suspension and a $15,000 fine or whatever it was, uh, no suspension of your license and just give us $2,000. Oh, my goodness. And so we'll make it go away. a little extortion. A little shakedown. Yeah. yeah. And, exactly. Wow. And it's all about them that's wanting bogus. to get a win. And that's it. And uh, so I said, listen, I stood strong. Hey, no settlement at all. And they kept coming back with settlement offers. Settlement. I said, you know what? I will settle with you. I said, I'll pay you $17.76. <laughs> and uh, I was hoping like hell they took that <laughs> just to remind them of freedom. This is like Michael Corleone when he says, you know, my off I yeah. offer is this nothing. That's right. <laughs> so, of course, they didn't take it. And, uh, and I said, well, listen, man, you guys aren't getting a dime from me. I am not going to serve a suspension, and I'll tell you what. After I reopen my restaurant for Christmas, because I'll be closed for Christmas, when I reopen after Christmas, I'm going to open my bar back up, and I'm going to sell alcohol, and I'm operating business as usual. And magically, before I close for Christmas, December 23rd, and I told him, I said, hey, listen, if, uh, if Glenn Youngkin and, uh, and, and, and the rest of the Republican leadership in Virginia, if you guys are ready for the political shitstorm that follows you arresting a small business owner who is also a veteran that fought for his country. If you're ready for that political shitstorm, I'm ready to go to jail. Because a lot of my brothers were ready to die for this country, and they did. So I've been ready to die for my country since I was 17 years old. So I'm, I'm damn sure ready to go to jail for my country. So at that point, it was, uh, it was a Mexican standoff, man. And, uh, and they folded. December 23rd, they gave me all of my alcohol back. They gave me my ABC license back, and I didn't pay a dime. When did we go down there? What was that? That was before this, right? That was before that. So yeah. you remember, we it's were like planning a, a party. Right, right, right. Yeah. So I, I told you, I said, hey, Tim, this is my plan. 
I said, regardless of what happens, <laughs> the, the day we open after Christmas, we're going to be selling alcohol, man. Let's throw a party down here. And we were planning that. Yeah. And, and, uh, and magically, they, uh, they said, ah, you know what? Never mind. They tapped out and they said, uh, They brought your booze back. December 23rd, you get everything back. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, you would have made them look so bad. Yeah. I mean, you made them look bad and good. What, yeah, very What, what happened very like, good. in the early days when you were resisting the initial stuff? What was the process? Day one, you didn't shut down. Were they like fining you every day? And then, and in retrospect, they just dismissed the fines. What what was happening day to day? Yeah, I, I feel other people are going through this. Yeah, I mean, it was it was. So I was fined over seventy thousand dollars by OSHA for having an unsafe work environment. Was that a day by day fine that added up to? It was 70? just arbitrary fines that they just made up. So like, they sent me this piece of paper that said, "Oh, hey Matt, uh, for not making people wear a mask, we're fining you twenty thousand dollars." For not putting up plexiglass, we're finding you $35,000 or whatever it was. was, Where the hell did you get that? Where did you get those numbers from? You just made them up? And where did you get these regulations? I mean, they're totally arbitrary. Plexiglass is going to do something. Yeah, Yeah. it's just insane. So when when that ocean inspector actually came out to my restaurant, he said, you got to put plexiglass up. I said, okay, I want to know the regulation. How wide does the plexiglass have to be? And he said, well, actually, in the regulation, there's nothing that says how wide it has to be. I said, well, so you're telling me. If I put a one-inch strip of plexiglass up, I'm technically in compliance? And he said, well, yeah, technically, yeah. <laughs> and I said, listen, man, take your OSHA hat off for one second and just talk to me man to man. Does that make any sense to you? And again, he said, Matt, it doesn't have to make sense. That's what they said, so you have to do it. And uh, Psychotic. That's, that's not it. how Completely the American insane. government is supposed to work. That's how they work. That's, that's not how, how they do it. And not so what we signed up for. <laughs> what my story proves, what it proves is that if you stand up and you fight back, no matter how much they try to back you into a corner and bully you, if we stand together, because I wouldn't have won this by myself. If it was just me, Matt Strickland, fighting, I'd be in prison right now. But the people of America stood with me from across the nation. I mean, they came out of the woodworks and supported me. And the only thing that politicians, the only thing that they answer to is political pressure. And uh, I mean, everybody knows Glenn Young is trying to run for president now. And so they inundated his office with emails and phone calls. He couldn't make a social media post without somebody jumping on his post saying, hey, what about Matt Strickland? What about Gore Meltz? And, uh, and they caved to that political pressure. They didn't want to help me because I stand up against not only Democrats, but Republicans also. Um, but the, the political pressure was enough from across the nation that they had no choice but to act. I think part of what's 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 great about the story is, too, you were willing to comply in the early days, in the very beginning, when you didn't know if it was airborne Ebola, where people were going to their skin was going to start melting off. You didn't know. And you were ready to make the sacrifice for the betterment of the people. And then when the evidence starts coming in, then then you're it's like, okay now realism and common sense takes over as it did in the beginning, too. I think that's why I was willing to shut down for two weeks to slow the spread. But yeah, on on top of that, it's you you'd walk into a restaurant. And they would, you'd walk in the front door and they would say, please put on a mask. You'd say, okay, you put it on. They'd hand, hand you one. Right. You'd wear it. And they'd say, now the chair right next to you, please sit and take the mask off. Right. And you take it off, throw it in the garbage. And then you're supposed it to put no it back sense. on to walk to the bathroom. Do you remember this? You were yeah, supposed we, to put it yeah. back on to we had, walk we to had a, We had a plan here. We never got around to because, you know, in West Virginia, it was fairly lax. And then they ended up lifting it. But what we wanted to do was get full hazmat suits. Nice. Walk in, sit down, take the full suit off. You know, or like go to your table, take the full suit off, place it on the chair next to you, sit down, order food, and then go, I'm going to run to the bathroom real quick. <laughs> Put the full suit back on, zip it up, and then walk slowly and awkwardly. Just to make the point, 
Yeah, it's, it was it's, ridiculous. It's like th- there's there's a comic where the person's walking and the COVID virus hits him in the face, and then it shows him sitting down with like a green a, a and check it just mark goes right over and it's, there. Yeah, right <laughs> over their head. Exactly. Well, it's, and it's interesting it. too how you talk about how it was June 2020 that they said you could open your restaurant again, and they hit you with all of these arbitrary, yeah. arbitrary restrictions of what you had to do in your restaurant. That's of course after George Floyd was killed. And it was after the entire government of all the blue states decided that um, you can't get COVID if you're protesting for Black Lives Matter, but you can get COVID if you go to a restaurant that doesn't have plexiglass. You know what you should have done? You should have just put up a BLM flag like and they want you flag. to. And, and then yeah, you would have... And, and then they'd say, you know what? You're good. No fine for you. They would have been safe. okay with that, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's funny you guys say that because, of course, I was trashed online for not following COVID mandates. And people who have never met me a day in my life uh, were saying all kinds of things about me and somehow just because I didn't make people wear a mask when they walked into my restaurant I was racist I that knew I knew that was coming too it's always it's always racist whatever always. whatever when you don't comply when you don't just do what you're told then it's, you're it, then you're racist as though as though there's all these you know it, as though there's no black people who want to stand up for their rights it feels like Aliens are trying to control us, but don't quite understand humans. <laughs> like, well, humans don't like being called racist, so no matter what they do, call it racist. Is like, and really, it's not aliens; it's children. It's it's you know the, you know the best part about the internet is, on the internet, you you're not aware you're arguing with a fourteen year old. Yeah. yeah, they're adult men in their forties who work for major news outlets who go on Twitter, and there's an account called like you know Trump MAGA three hundred, and it'll be a picture of Trump going like yeah. And then it'll say something like, you're stupid, your politics are bad. And they'll be like, who is this guy? You're so, you can't say that to me. And it's like a 14-year-old kid who's just laughing. I have no idea what's going on. Mm-hmm. Or he's like, a, it could even be 11. It could be like right? an 11-year-old yep. kid. It could be my kid. <laughs> yep, just goofing off on the internet. Don't even care. These people take it so seriously. Oh, I know. I, mean, I had, so one of my, uh, uh, the DDM on my team in Iraq, the sniper, he, uh, when we'd have downtime, he'd go on and play Call of Duty. And uh, I remember when he told me one one morning he was, he was arguing with like a 12-year-old on Call of Duty who he showed me the case. He was like, look at this dude. Look what he's saying, man. You suck. You have no idea what real combat is. You don't know how to shoot. That's what the kid <laughs> was saying to him. The dude is a sniper. <laughs> you yep. know what I mean? What, yep. You know, looking back over the last couple of years for yourself, is there anything that you would have done or, or would cha- have changed in the process? I know it, it seems to have turned out extremely well, but for people in the future that are willing to stand up uh, you know, and prevent to create civil disobedience. Yeah. What is there anything that you can help with? Yeah. Well, first of all, what I would have done earlier is pay attention to politics. Um, I I uh, I did not pay attention to politics like I do now, and uh, and I run it for state senate now. And if anybody wants to follow my journey on that, um, they can follow me on social media at Matt for VA, um, and my website's mattforva.com if you want to see how that turns out. But I'm I'm ashamed to say, and I was telling you guys this before the show, the first time I ever voted was in 2020. And the reason for that is because I don't trust politicians on either side of the aisle. And so pay attention to politics, especially on the state level, because that's where you make your money. But as far as fighting against COVID mandates and, and such, I truly believe it will happen again. Maybe not in the same shape and form that it happened this last time, but the government trying to take control of our rights I mean, so one of the mandates in Virginia was you weren't allowed to leave your house between the hours of midnight and 5 a.m. How is that curbing COVID? 
How does that do anything for COVID? That's, a guy, that's a when guy COVID was is surfing. active. Remember COVID the guy is, on the beach or whatever? Oh, he was arrested for surfing by himself. Remember the video where the guy's jogging yes. on the beach and the cop chases after him and then the jogger just speeds up yes. and just bolts <laughs> yeah. and the cop can't catch him? It's just insane. That but, sounds but, more like an anti-rioting thing. It, yeah, it, it just makes no sense. So what I would say is what you need to do the next time something doesn't feel right is trust your gut and you need to stand up and you need to fight back from the beginning. And not only that, Everybody needs to support you, especially small business owners. You would be surprised how many restaurateurs in the state of Virginia I had called me as soon as they heard about my story. And they would say, hey, Matt, thank you so much for standing up and doing what you're doing. I'm totally behind you 100%. What can I do to support you? And I would tell each and every one of them, if you believe in what I'm doing, the best thing you can do to support me is do the same thing. And they would all say the same thing. They wouldn't do it? Not me. Uh, I don't want the health department breathing down my neck, man. And I said, listen, with that attitude, they're going to be breathing down your neck the rest of your life, man. Well, th- wasn't that the shocking thing, too, was how many people just did comply? It, it, it was. I, I found that so stunning how many Americans just sucked it up and did what they were told. And I found that extremely disappointing for my fellow countrymen to watch them just like capitulate and do what the government told them to do. It's like, that's not what we're founded on. We're founded on telling the government exactly that we're not going to do what they tell us to. I feel like video games has made people really willing to comply, because in a game, there's a structure and a set of rules that you cannot bypass. You're stuck within... Yeah, School, yeah, this this realm video of like games, drugs. if then, but in reality, you have complete freedom. You can do any, go anywhere, see anything, interact with anything. I just started well, watching. I think uh, a... Have you guys seen 1883? Negative. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't seen Yellowstone, but uh, we were having dinner, and everyone's like, "You got to watch 1883." So I, I heard a few about episodes. that too. And uh, it's, there's a, there's this really great scene where the uh, there's like a, it's, a, it's a bunch of German people, and they're trying to get to Oregon because it's paradise. They hear. And they, they got to cross a river. And so the, you know, the Marshall guy or whatever his name is, he's like, you guys uh, swim in Germany? I was like, no, it's illegal. And he's like, it's illegal to swim in Germ- Germany? And then he gets angry and he's like, everything. It, it, I don't think he says Germany. He says, it's illegal to swim where I'm from. He's like, everything is illegal where I'm from. He's like, that's why we're leaving. And it's, it's crazy to think about that. That's for a lot of people that were leaving Europe and coming to emptiness, conflict, and death. It was because it was better than having the government live, to, to live with the government's boot on your neck. I actually just showed uh, my son the other night the movie Brazil. You remember that movie? What's um, that one? It's, I think it's Terry Gilliam. Is that that's a person, right? I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure it's his movie, but um, it's basically it's about this guy who works for the government, and it's just all red tape and bureaucracy. And all he does, he has his he has his dreams, you know, and he like lives in a fantasy kind of. But at the end, at a certain point, I won't give it away, but he ends up. Um, sort of outside of the city he gets up away from the paperwork and you just see this these mountains and you're just you can, it's like you can finally breathe watching the movie I'm, we're doing a whole dystopia thing right like he's reading 1984 going to we're going to do all of it Fahrenheit 451 but the other thing that you were talking about in terms of the covid restrictions and how that was used and these restaurateurs are going to have the government breathing down the ne- their necks the rest of their lives there's a lot of um, officials around the world not necessarily in the US although i think probably in the Biden administration there are who see a lot of this covid lockdowns and restrictions almost as a blueprint of how they can um, coerce the population into submitting to climate change mitigation measures. The German health minister was talking about this a year ago, and I think um, you know Jack Posobiec was fact-checked for saying that this was happening, but it 
actually was happening. And they say things like, you know, the kind of restrictions that we used for COVID, we can ask people to do that to mitigate climate change. We can ask corporations to tell their workers to work from home. We can ask them not to take business trips, not to travel as much as they would like to curb this climate thing. So yeah, I mean, they're going to use these same methods over again. You know, they're going to use it for whatever new crisis they come up with. And what we see from the left, what we see from Democrats is a um, willingness and insistence to rule us based on crises. I don't it's even know always if it's, a crisis. I wouldn't insert the left. It's just people that are with their head down, like you're saying, you know, governments or the Republicans. Me, that makes sense, too. But I mean, that's the that's the methodology, you know call it a crisis and then use it to control and manipulate people. Power, Let's pull up this story. Uh, maybe would be one. Let's pull the story from Daily Mail. Biden will finally lift COVID emergencies on May 11th after more than three years. White House urges 14 week drawdown to deal with Title 42 at the border, student <sighs> loans and hospitals. So that's it. He's finally putting an end to the COVID-19 national emergency. I mean, we've been, I guess we've been out of the pandemic for a while. Restrictions have been lifted. Biden said the pandemic was over when he toured the Detroit Auto Show in September. Right. right. And, and then, then the White House of, was like, no, it's not. It's not over. No, it's over now. Did, uh, it, Biden's ending. May. He's ending it. It's it. There it's it is. Over in May. There it is. He says the emergency's over in four months. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa wait. How, how, are you, how can you be sure? I thought we were an emergency. No, no, the emergency's over. Okay. Well, it's a 14-week drawdown. Okay, good. That's what it is. It's totally stupid. Yeah. The, he, according to Biden, the pandemic is over. It ended last year. Well, there we go, everybody. Congratulations. We did it. We can go we back to doing everything. But you know what I noticed? Um, you know, I, 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 I love the casino out here. It's the, uh, the Hollywood casino. When we first moved out here, craziest thing, every table game had plexiglass like you were talking about, Matt. They had put, put, got to put up the plexiglass. And you weren't allowed to touch any cards. This is a gambler's dream. Because that means when you're playing a table game, maybe you're playing, uh, I'll tell you, Mississippi. Uh, you guys ever play Mississippi Stud? Here's how the game works. Dealer gives you two cards. There are three cards on the board that everybody shares, and you got to pay every time you want to see the next card, hoping that you get a good enough hand to win your bet. It's like, if you get a pair of jacks or better, you win You win money. If you know what your cards, the cards your, your the other players have, your odds increase. So you go to the casino, and then everybody's forced to show their cards. It's funny to me. Like I don't, I don't understand. It's like you're teaching a kid how to play. That's how you teach a kid to play. So everyone shows their cards. I'm like all the gamblers, right? But you're walking in, you're looking right. down, you're like, okay, this guy's got an ace. I got an ace. I got. There's, there's no ace on the board. I fold. And so these these businesses were complying with policies that made no sense, stopped nothing, hurt them substantially, but everybody was just for it. But here's the point I want to bring up. Aside from that insanity, they shut down large portions of the casino. And they've never reopened them. Really? Never. Why not? And, and, and I think, for whatever reason, nobody wants to work. So there's the, there's the horse track there. And we went out, uh, not this weekend, but the pre previous weekend, we went to the horse races. It's so much fun. You guys ever go to the horse races? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you, a blast. Yeah, you, 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 like they, they have a horse race every 15 minutes, and it's a minute-long thing, but you get some food, you get a beer or whatever, you bet a dollar on the horse with the silliest name, and then you hope it wins, and then you win like a dollar fifty or something. Maybe oh, it's you, a good time. It's a good time. It's fun. It's silly. It's and, uh, but it's outdoor, and so we went there. And uh, it was funny because we were there with uh, Shane Cashman and uh, Nancy, his wife. And uh, he bet on this one horse called like, what was it called? Like American American Pride or something or American Patriot. And when we were looking at the horses going around, like they're doing the walk up, I mean the warm up, 
his is going sideways and like fighting. He's like, oh no, it came in last. Oh, that's awesome. We were laughing. My my horse came in first. I ended up winning like fifty bucks. But anyway, there's no restaurant. You normally you'd sit and eat food and watch the races outside, and it's so fun. That's because every fifteen minutes the horses are running, and they said they really want to reopen it, but they can't find anybody. Nobody wants it's to work. It's the weirdest thing, man. People ask me that all the time, too. Do you have that issue at your yeah, restaurant? Yeah, they ask me, hey, man, is it, is it difficult finding people to work now? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, why is that? And I'm like, I have no idea. It's so weird. I, I wonder that, too. Like, how is everybody feeding their families? How are people paying their bills? Certainly not like, with eggs. Where is this, right? Where is this money coming from that everybody has? Well, first of all, it was it was ridiculous in, in, the, in the beginning of uh, the pandemic to pay people double what they were making to work to sit at home. How in the world are, is an employer going to get somebody back to work? Come back to work for less than you're making to sit at home. Who in their right mind is going to agree to that? But the reason why people can't find workers is um, is is a question that nobody is able to answer. I have no idea. What are what's all these going people on. doing? I've been asking this for for what a year now. Brought it up on the show, and the joke is, I mean, we, I was saying this when Seamus was here. They got raptured. Where is everybody? Where is everybody? How is it that we 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 still have, we still have a shortage of workers? Nobody wants to work, but there's. I mean, well, hold on, Ian, you pointed this out. A lot of homeless people. Yeah, a lot of them are on the street. I don't know the. I don't have proof that those that got fired from their jobs are the ones on the street. It makes sense though. Either they're collecting unemployment and sitting in their you know the one bedroom but unemployment, apartment. Unemployment gives out. You get like eighteen months of unemployment. I've always been like sort of terrified to not have a job. I've been working full time like basically since I was 19 years old. I don't know how else you're supposed to exist. So, like, what are you supposed to do? I got unemployment Gamble. for about two years. Right. A lot of people <laughs> seem to be doing that's, that. That's, that's a problem really, too. They they said like I'm I was, not great in, at that. In 1984, they're like um, football, uh, alcohol, and gambling are where are the three like signs of the end of the civilization, especially gambling. Football, what, alcohol, and gambling. I think those are the three that George Orwell talks about. Mm. Was it you, you and Taylor were with us, right at MGM? Yeah, Taylor won a bunch of money, and I lost three hundred dollars. We went to MGM <laughs> National Harbor. And Libby just lost every hand. And yeah. uh, Taylor Silverman was Silverman was was with us. And her first hand, she gets trips on three card poker and won like a thousand dollars. She was insane. like, "Libby, I made your money back." I'm I'm pretty. I have like a, a real aversion to gambling. It makes me really nervous because it's so easy and fun. But it's that's the problem with it. This is the thing. I think it's a, an indicator. There are of a lot of things that are of, you know an end of a society or a civilization. The the rampant expanse of gambling. Mm. And you know, look, I I love. The casino, it's fun. It's like an adult arcade. You, you never go there thinking you're going to win money. I'm not talking about going and being like, oh boy, I'm going to take my rent money and bet it. And then, no, 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 you don't do that. You get a hundred bucks or whatever and you say, we're going to just play some fun games, minimum bets, just for the fun and excitement, then have some food and go home. And it's like going to the arcade. You're spending a hundred bucks on games. No different than if you went to an arcade and put a hundred bucks in your chip machine so you could play tokens with your kids or something. But there are people but, like Mr. Beast who no, but there cured are people, a thousand people's blindness. Right, except I, I go to the casino and what do I see? It's people milking themselves dry. I walk up to the ATM and I see a receipt. True story. I saw the receipt and I pulled it out because I'm curious. Like, who are these people betting all this money? It's crazy to me. When I sit down, I, I go to the crap the craps table. Dice game, people, for people don't know. And I see a dude standing there and he's got $10,000. And I'm like, who the is this guy to be gambling 10 grand like that? So crazy. Balling. Well, there's a, they, this, I, don't, I don't know if this casino, has thought, they, they have a credit window, but it's closed. But like National Arbor's got a credit room. You go in there, people are gambling away things they don't have. I pulled, I went to the ATM and there was a receipt hanging out. I, picked, I pulled it out and it said withdraw $100 of total available balance, negative 300 Meaning, Yikes. 
They likely had just gotten paid, withdrew from their paycheck, but their account was previously negative, so it didn't roll and over. trying like, to win back the fee that it's going to charge them for taking seven, out overdraft. It's like seven, six dollars for the, hard. yep, yep. That's Desperate. Sucks. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, but I, I mean. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm not, a, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> I, don't, uh, I don't buy into these conspiracy theories, but I, I do truly believe that the, uh, the, the government at large, they do not want a prosperous middle class, and that's evident. And I, I do believe that uh, one of I'm not saying the reason for COVID was to kill small businesses, but I do believe that uh, it's one thing that did happen. And, it, and at the very least, the government saw it happen and, and accelerated that process because uh, small businesses were act absolutely just ravished during the pandemic. Well, there was a thing early on in um, I think it was Lansing, Michigan. It was like I think it was April of 2020. Was it April? Anyway, it was like right early on and a whole bunch of small business owners went to the Capitol in Lansing uh, to protest Gretchen Whitmer and be like, hey, you need to let us open up our nail shops and our hair salons and all of our little businesses. You need to let us open back up. And Whitmer had allowed casinos to stay open, liquor shops to stay open. She allowed big box stores to stay open and all the little shops had closed. Uh, so all these people showed up and they did like a car protest essentially. And some people went into the Capitol, you know, and they were armed. Um, they weren't like brandishing their weapons around or anything like that uh but they were armed and everybody freaked out that these people were there and they were like you're racist because you're protesting these lockdown measures and i remember distinctly there was one woman who ran a nail shop and she was like i have employees i have a family i have a nail shop and you took it from me like yeah. why did you do this there was a hair shop in texas and she refused to close you know and she kept there getting was shut a, down a woman in minnesota i think it was southern minnesota she had a coffee shop and she refused That's to close. Right. So they went after her and she fled to Iowa, I guess. And then the sheriffs came and arrested her for illegally running a coffee shop. Yeah, well, it was the thing ridiculous. is, you know, as a, as a restaurateur, I, I uh, obviously I have uh, a lot of kids working for me, you know, minimum wage kids. And the minimum wage is going up to 15 bucks in Virginia. And you just cannot afford that as a small business. So, I mean, you're more than doubling what the minimum wage used to be. So, as a business owner, I have to, I, I've, I've got to increase my prices. But as a restaurateur, I can only sell a burger for so much before you say, I'm not paying 20 bucks for a burger. I can only increase it so much. And, and so that what, what that does is it eventually, it destroys small businesses because restaurants, it, that's the biggest industry as far as small businesses go in America. There was a little barbecue stand uh, not too far from where we are. It's uh, where, where West Virginia meets Virginia. It's gone now. I, don't, I, I think someone stole it crazy someone stole their their cooker and drove off with it or something like that and now there's there, and there wasn't the waffle stand it's gone i don't know why it's gone it's sad but we used to go there and you'd go up to the barbecue and i remember one day we went there i took a picture i posted on instagram they said they had no brisket the cost of beef was too much yeah and i said well i mean can you get it and they're like we can 
But who's going to want to buy a $20 brisket sandwich? Exactly. And I was like, yeah. I'll take the $5 chicken sandwich. Yeah, and, and, and the thing is, what people don't what don't realize, and I mean, it's the most obvious thing to me, is that minimum wage more than doubles, right? But did that person who's making sixty grand a year, did his salary double? No, it didn't. So now when businesses have to double their prices to keep up with the people that they have to pay to work, now you, as the middle wage earner, the $60,000, the $150,000, now you're poor. So we lifted the minimum wage, and now the teenagers are getting paid a lot more money. But now you, the person that needs to take care of a family, now you are doing nothing but getting poor, and it's killing the middle class. And it's and it's it's well, so obvious. And the thing here, too here's, is, like, here's, here's why should you be paying a fifteen dollars an hour to some kid who doesn't know how to do their job either? Like, why is that the thing? The, what, what, this, this happens with minimum minimum wage increases, as well as if it would happen with UBI. You're a business, and you have to pay. Whether it's because by government mandate or by, by environmental pressures, 15 bucks an hour, you're raising your prices. End of story. So for like UBI, you tell everybody you get, a, you get 500 bucks per week guaranteed. Then one day, all of your employees quit. All of your, all of your stockers and cashiers quit. And you're like, well, why are you quitting? And they're like, oh, I get 500 bucks a week for, for, for free. Why should I work? Well, how much do you want to work? Man, in order to compete, with a free $500, you got to understand this. We're not just talking about the amount of money I got at the end of the week. We're talking about the, the equation of how much work do I have to do for how much reward. If the amount of work I have to do for UBI is fill out a form one time and then I'm done, we're talking about $500 per week for the rest of my life. Add that up for one minute of work. Do you think your 40 hours of work for even $600 comes close? Sorry, I, the, uh, people are going to say, I would rather eat, eat out less, but not have to work at all. Yep. In or, if, if you're doing UBI or for, if, you know, free 500 bucks, or let's say it's even 100 bucks, 100 bucks to a young person, they're going to say 400 bucks a month. I'll split that money with my buddy. We'll, we'll get a studio apartment and live for free. And then I'll figure out the rest. But now I don't have to have a job at all. Mm-hmm. And if you then say, we'll give you 100 bucks a week if you do this job, that way you're getting twice as much. They're going to be like, yeah, but I have the minimum I need and I don't have to work. So I'm not going to you say, OK, how about 200 bucks a week? And they're going to say, even that you want me to work 40 hours a week and I, or 30 hours a week or whatever. OK, 600 bucks a week. And they'll say, I mean, I guess. Like, but like, it's still a maybe. It's an exponential yeah. increase in the amount of money you have to offer because you're not actually offering them money. You're offering them 40 hours more work they don't have to do well, if their needs are met. Well, and that's going to bankrupt not only the economy, but it'll bankrupt society because there won't be any innovation. Well, yeah. who's, who's all for these minimum wage increases? These big corporations, the ones that fund these politicians' campaigns. Well, and that then they, they can put the small businesses out of business. Exactly. So Walmart Starbucks can afford the fifteen. How can I right. how can I compete with, with Walmart who a teenager can just go there and stock shelves and, and by the way, put their AirPods in and not have to deal with any customers and listen to music while they're stocking shelves and make eighteen bucks an hour. And Walmart can afford that because now they have uh, like a fifty percent reduction in workforce because they don't even need cashiers anymore. Now yep. you're the cashier. I hate that so much. I hate that so. I cannot even tell you how much I hate self checkout. Oh my god! Like I have a job and now I'm doing this. And I was at the thing the other day with my kid and we like bought some stupid 
crap shelf that then I had to build myself, you know, because like <laughs> I can't even buy anything that's put together. And we put it on the, I'm like, okay, we have to try and get it on the scanner. You know, it's this whole undertaking of engineering product project. And we don't even realize that there's like a glass sitting there that I had already paid for, a little toothpaste cup. And the whole thing, the... The shelf smashes into the glass. The glass goes flying. Now everything is smashed. And now I have to clean up the smashed glass that I already paid for that I can't even take home with the stupid shelf. Oh, I'm so mad. I'm so mad. Okay, I'm still mad, I, I obviously. I got a solution for you. I, got a, I, got <laughs> I hate a, it so much. <laughs> I got a solution for you. Check out this, uh, this tweet from Wall Street Silver on Twitter. Coming to a town near you, face scanning for access to oh, food and public transportation. It works great as long as your social credit score is high enough because you obey fire. And then there's another video. I don't know if you saw a TikTok where a woman says she's paying her bills at Whole Foods, her, her checkout with her palm. What? Oh, because she has to, like an RFID chip for her no, bank account? You go up to a machine and you put your credit card in it. You then hold your hand over it and it scans your hand. And then you take your card out, and now your handprint is uh, is connected to your no. card. No. So when, <laughs> when you're buying your groceries, this is at Whole Foods, I think it was, you walk up and you just hold your hand over the thing, goes boom, and then you walk right out. No, I want this not at all. I don't want any <laughs> piece of this. I, I recently, I moved out of New York, and part of it was like, I don't want this encroaching you know, overtaking of my body and soul and mind and identity to like go to all of this stuff. We're very close in New York to having the thing where you put your hand scanner on just to ride the subway. Like, That's what just, this is? No, no. Have you seen Minority Report? No. When, uh, you've never seen Minority Report? Come on. No. Tom Cruise, I, I he walks into a mall. literally watch space movies and stoner comedies and like Woody he, Allen It's, it's the future. It. He gets an eye, he gets eye implants, you know, for, I, I guess um, your eyes, they recognize, they can, all the cameras everywhere scan your eyes. So he gets them removed and gets other eyes put in. And then he like, he walks into a mall and it's like, hello, Mr. Wong. And then the ads, like, cause it's like Mr. Wong's eyes or whatever, are all tailored to him. So you're walking around seeing things. Man, they'll, they'll be like, hi, Libby. Did you pick up that new lipstick yet? It's right over here around the corner. That's what's going to be like. Awful. They're, they're doing awful. this facial recognition stuff. I went to a few years ago. The uh, it was the the Amazon store I think it was in in Seattle yeah where you, they have a store yeah you walk in and walk out grab whatever you want and walk right out and the cameras track everything you do mm-hmm. they bought Whole Foods oh that's the plan right. is to implement this at Whole Foods that's why they're doing the hand palm the the palm scanner thing and, Whole and, Foods during the pandemic I went in and I tried to get them to make me a sandwich and they said no they can't make me a sandwich because of the stupid yeah. arbitrary garbage rules and uh, they were like no but we have sandwiches made here and I was like didn't you make those and they're like, yeah. I'm like, okay, so you can make a sandwich with your COVID germs, wrap it up in plastic and put it here. But And I could buy that, but you can't make a sandwich now and wrap it up in plastic and hand it to me so that I have see, the sandwich I want. And the thing is that no matter Gore how Melts much- can. Gore Melts right. can. Gore Melts can. Well, <laughs> come check it out. And we won't stop. Can't stop, won't stop. But the thing <laughs> is that no matter how bad you don't want it, it's going to happen. And the reason is people it's are lazy. So awful. And so the awful. problem with society is this. It's very simple. The problem with society is we're too comfortable and people are willing to blindly comply because they have AC, they have heat, they're able to pay their bills, they can go grab a coffee from Starbucks when they want, and as long as they can do those things, they will gladly hand their rights over to the government. Well, I got to tell you, man, look, 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 I know I'm not a big fan of Starbucks, but let's be honest, that pistachio cold brew (laughs) cream thing, that's so good. I haven't tried it, man. Mm, I was thinking the other night that you got to do uncomfortable things to succeed. And I thought, no, that's backwards. It's that if the things that you need to do to succeed are uncomfortable. 
So you got to be willing. Not everything that's uncomfortable is going to make you succeed. Like, don't break your legs. I I, I disagree. I disagree with someone with that. You are right. But here's, let me rephrase it. I think what happens to our society is that what, what used to be a rewarding experience, people don't have to do and now hate doing. So for example, exercise, right? I like skating. It feels good. Exercise is, 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 is ancillary. It's like, it just so happens that if you're skating, you're staying in shape, but skating is fun. Yeah. There are a lot of people who like working out because they're pushing their limits and they're trying to get more, lift more weights. But for a lot of people, most people, working out sucks. And they're like, I have to do something that, that's uncomfortable if I want to succeed. It's like, it shouldn't be that way. It should be from when you're a kid, your, your parents take you out to go exercise and it becomes a routine that you enjoy doing, that you push yourself and you succeed at it. And it feels good to do those things. You know what like I mean? Biking. It used to be like biking is great. Acquiring right. food used to be like that. It used to be a big deal when someone would come back to the tribe with food. Yo, that was I, like not expected. If we don't get it, we're, now it's like people loathe going to the grove. Oh, I don't want to do it. Oh, I have to go all the way there to get the thing. Like, dude, you are lucky. I'm watching 1883. And there's the scene where the dad is hunting with the kid. And then he points the right, the scope at the deer. And then he tells the kid to look. And then the kid's five. And he says, you know, pull the trigger. And then. Then he's like, he brings the kid down and he's like, you did it. You got your first kill. It's a deer. It's going to feed us for weeks. He's all excited. And then he's got to like gut it and pull out the garbage and then throw it on the horse and bring it back. Or he carries it, I think. Well, we, you know what? We don't even have to go back to the 1800s. I was actually, ironically, just thinking about this yesterday. And in the 90s, you know, in early 90s, when, when I was growing up as a kid, I ate like shit. But when I joined the military at 17 years old, I was 130 pounds. Why? Because it wasn't as comfortable as it is today to be in the house. TV sucked. You had to get up and change the TV. And everything that you wanted to do, if you wanted to interact with your friends, you had to go outside. We were, it was, so I, I truly believe that, of course, food is an issue. I mean, there's no doubt about that. But I believe the bigger issue is the inactivity. And, and I think it proves it because, you know, in the 90s, we had, a, we, we had the same foods that we had today. And, uh, and it was just as shitty. But... The obesity wasn't as rampant because we were doing things. We weren't sitting in a dark room playing video games or sitting at our phone and just our friends are just at our disposal right here on our phones. We had to actually go outside and interact with them. You used to have to go to the store to shop and go to the bank to get money. Now, I, I, I bought like 20 things on Amazon in the last four or five days from my room. Oh, yeah. I didn't even leave the room. <laughs> yeah. I remember uh, when I was a kid, I'd have to go run errands with my stepmom like before the weekend. And one of the errands was always to go get cash because you couldn't get any cash at the weekend. Or you'd have to like go to the grocery store and cash a check. You have to stand in line with everybody else who forgot to go to the bank on Friday. Mm-hmm. Before the debit card, I got my first debit card. And there was card no at, like, ATM. 92. We had to like yeah, do was- a drive through with like a little hydraulic thing and you'd whatever you had to interact with somebody cash yeah. a check to there get your people, money i mean yeah. I, I think you're completely right that the lack of socialization is driving this also yeah. the i think that the opiates are heavily involved with the lack of socialization but oh no doubt about that i mean but the bottom line is it goes back to we're, we're just way too comfortable in today's society and uh and and the video that i uh that i filmed live when those police officers came into my restaurant and stripped my livelihood from me that's the message I was trying to get across to them. I was not ragging on police. I've always supported you know, police officers. Uh, what I was telling them is what they specifically were doing was wrong. 
And I don't give a damn what your profession is. If you're a police officer, if you're a teacher, uh, if you're in the military, if you're a small business owner, if you're complicit in stripping a citizen of their constitutional rights, you are wrong. But they were willing to do it. And and I know for a fact that at least one of those officers that day felt bad about what he did because he had a friend come into my restaurant afterwards and tell me such. And uh, But the reason he did it is because what? Because he didn't want to lose his job. Because he... He wanted to maintain his benefits and he wanted to have a paycheck coming in so he can provide for his family. And on one hand, you ask yourself, well, well, can you blame him? But then on the other hand, the answer is, well, the only reason this is going on is because of people like him that are willing to be complicit in things that are illegal and unconstitutional to be comfortable. Now, if every police officer involved in that situation would have stood up and said, this is unconstitutional, I'm not doing it, then it wouldn't have happened. And, and it was the same for me. It would have been way easier for me to comply and just go along with uh, what they were telling me to do. And I wouldn't have lost, you know, six figures. I wouldn't have had the stress put on me and my family that was put on me. But there's more. There's things that are bigger than you. And there's things that are more important than you and your business and your money. And my mindset was always if I lose everything, if everybody in this entire country stands against me for what I'm about to do and I lose it all. Well, I'm a hard worker. I'll bust my ass and in one way or another, I'll provide for my family and I'll be okay. But if I give up my freedoms, I'll never get that back. And that's what I want people to understand and remember next time is that if you ref- if you refuse to stand up and fight for what's right just so you can keep the the comfortability the comfortability of uh, of your daily life, then you're going to lose something much greater. And those are your constitutional rights and those are your freedoms. And and I just don't know how to get that across to people. But I hope that my story and my situation, I hope that if nothing else, what it proves is that if you do stand up and you do fight, the people will rally behind you and you can beat the government and you will beat the government. And and we are bigger than the government. We are stronger than the government because we are the government. Well, and once you give away your rights, like that's your kids' rights too. That's your grandchildren's rights. Like, and that's the most important have, thing. You know, then you have to like fight a war to get them back. That's right. Yep. And 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 I I did this. I took on this fight mainly for my kids and for the next generation because if we don't, you and me, if all of us here in this room. If, if our generation doesn't step up and, and take this fight on right now, and not only take it on, but when, and we just hand this fight over to the next generation, by the time they're old enough to fight this, it'll be too far gone. Well, they'll be squashed already. Exactly. I, I got a feeling the next round of shutdown government stuff is going to be for power outages. I could be wrong about that. What do you that. mean for power if outages? If the grid goes down for two weeks. Uh, then our phones are off. People are trying to figure it out. The, the government starts coming around saying, we're going to take control. Don't leave the house. Don't they're leave the house. Gonna, don't leave the house. They're not going to do that until they make us all have electric cars. They're going to wait till we all have electric cars. Then we can't go anywhere either. I don't know if they're going to cause it or if it's just going to happen. But if that's a situation where it's like, don't leave the house, don't leave the house, what do we do? Are, do we resist against it? No, I'm going about my daily that, business. That's literally how to, every city, yeah. city was in the, during COVID lockdown. It's going to be asymmetrical. So next time, it, it probably won't be a virus next time. It'll probably be something a little... They're calling it a cyber... What, a cyber, cyber 11? Yeah, they're working on that too. Like the FAA, the flights that yeah. all got grounded. They're gonna. They could pull something well, the, like that. Well, at the World Economic Forum, they're they're referring to it as a cyber pandemic or some right. kind of cyber nine eleven incident that will destroy a global so, economy. What do you think? I mean, you're 
well, it realistic. Would wipe, it you, would wipe out everybody's money, right? What are those things that would like wipe out all of the information temporarily? And if all of your money is, flares. Do you yeah. think that people should prepare like realistically? Like I'm, I've got like a ham radio, um, solar panels. Hey, hey, hey! Everybody who listens to this show and can or or figure out how to get chickens is laughing right now. Listen to this show because they got eggs. And, and their neighbors are probably like, please, sir, might I borrow some eggs from wrong. my pancakes? And you're like, no, they're mine. Actually, you can have some. <laughs> no, you're, you're, you're not wrong. You're absolutely right. I mean, being, being self-sustainable is the most important thing. But I'm telling you guys right now, and um, I hope this doesn't come across as too politician-y, but I am running for office right now. But I am the furthest thing, even in this room, from a politician, man. But I'm telling you guys, you need, to, you need to start paying attention to state politics. These federal elections are not where you make your money. It's at the state level. In Virginia, in 2035, electric cars are going to be the law. So you are no California longer. California, too, and exactly. New York. So Virginia and Oregon and Washington. Lead. Exactly. I hate and, that and, so and much. I think it's Montana, Wyoming. That said, Wyoming ban- said that they're banning electric uh, exactly cars. electric cars are banned. Yeah, and, and so let me tell you guys something. That's a where lot you're going to move next. A lot of people oh, don't know. Yeah, I'm not absolutely. It's awesome. <laughs> it's most, expensive though. Yeah, it is. The most important thing, guys. The most important thing by far. And and even if you don't believe that, you know, uh, and we were talking about this before the show. Even if the, you don't believe that any election was stolen or any of that, um, elections are not secure. In the state of Virginia, you can go vote without showing an ID. You tell me how elections are secure when you can That's do that. That's true in New York, too. You just sign for well, it. Well, hold on. In What was the story? Uh, I think we talked about it. Did we talk about it? You, non-citizens can vote? Oh, yeah. Well, in New York, they put up a proposal where non-citizens could vote in local elections, and it was uh, overturned. They can vote right now. I'm going to tell you how. And not a lot of people know this. So check this out. In the state of Virginia, and in many other states as well, uh, as an illegal alien... As an illegal immigrant, you can get a driver's license at the DMV, a valid driver's license, right? So our voter rolls, they come from the DMV. And they go, so how our voter rolls get handed down to Wait, the it's office like of elections. Wait, like auto register, right? That's it's what like happened in California. So check this out. A big story a few years ago. The people that, that run our voter rolls is an organization called ERIC, E-R-I-C. And everybody look this up if you think I'm BSing. E-R-I-C, the Electronic Registration Information Center, ERIC. So what ERIC does is it reaches down to the DMVs and it says, hey, DMV, we want all of your information from all of, your, all of the people in your state that are of legal age to vote. So the DMV sends them all that information. Now, illegal immigrants are in that batch because if you look in the bylaws of ERIC, it doesn't hide it from you. It says in the bylaws of ERIC, it says, hey, DMV, you are not allowed to tell us who is a citizen and who's not. Why? You, I'll tell you why. Okay. And, and so what happens is Eric sifts through that information and sends the, the, voters roll, the voter rolls down to the uh, state level and it says, These are, this is everybody in your state that are allowed, that, that's allowed to vote. And uh, illegal immigrants are included in that. And the answer to you as to why, you know who funded Eric? Who, I, created, I, who helped I create know. Eric? No, who? who Take did? a wild guess. George Soros. Oh, Soros. George Soros. So George Soros is running your elections. And if you think any of that is a lie, please do the research. 
We're going to go to Super Chats. So if you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends, and become a member at TimCast.com. Click that Join Us button over there. And we're going to have a members-only uncensored show coming up for you in about an hour and 20 minutes, hour and a half or so, Monday through Thursday at 8 p.m. But for now, we will read what y'all have to say in those Super Chats. We got Grofty says, peck the like button, buck, buck. Greatly appreciated, greatly appreciated. All right. Moral Objection says, been really quiet on TimCast about the whole Eliza Blue situation. You'd think real journalists would want to know why Twitter is censoring prominent content creators on her behalf. Not only do we have uh, a journalist currently being funded to go out and cover the story, but, um, well, I mean, I guess I should should say that. We quite literally have a guy flying on a plane, going to meet all the people involved and interview to figure out what's going on and do an investigation of it. And I got to be honest, like everybody's like the spamming the chat and spamming the super chat demanding that we talk about this one issue. And it's just like, I don't I don't know if you guys follow the show, but we we we've we we never cave like we the, the, the pre-production isn't dictated by what things in the chat are like the hour before the show, we pull up all the stories we don't then have a whole bunch of people start chatting to us and then we say, oh, hey, let's let's throw out all the stories we already planned for and then not have anything pulled to talk about whatever. We don't do that. So I'll tell you this. Um, know all about it. Um, Jeremy sent me some information on it. Jeremy was supposed to be on the show. We were going to have Jeremy Hambly on the show um, today, actually. Yeah, today. True. And uh, he just, I guess, I'm, I don't know, know exactly what happened. I, he, he didn't get back to Cassandra, uh, who handles all the bookings for us. And... Then he didn't come. I told him to come on. I was like, well, I want to have you on. Like, this would be the perfect time. Especially he was just reinstated. He has a big threat about what happened. And I'm like, dude, I'm not the person to, to uh, like, Jeremy, come on the show. Like, would love to. I'm, I'm, a, bit, I'm a fan. I'm a friend. Uh, want to talk about coffee, too. But uh, Jeremy didn't make it out. So I told him, you just got to come on when you can. So if everybody wants to talk about it, it's like, my guys, let's get Jeremy to come on the show, man. We want the quartering on the show. Yeah. But uh, so we sent Shane Cashman. Uh, so if uh, we're we're hoping to get a sit down with uh, anybody we can on whatever the story is, it is really interesting. It is really interesting to see all the details. I don't know enough about it. Um, I just know that there's there's something going on here, and that uh, the quartering, a, a very prominent um, personality talking about culture and news, was suspended talking about this video. So I'm curious to see how it turns out. Simply put, when I saw that everybody wanted something done about it, uh, I went and talked with. Shane Cashman, he wants to do a full profile on, on, on this whole thing. And I was like, that's probably the best and most effective thing we can do other than having Jeremy come on the show. So it's like, I don't know what else y'all want from me, my friends. Yeah, just go dig into it. Yeah, like Jeremy, yeah, just Jer- Jeremy, Jeremy come on the show and he can literally say all of this. We had Eliza on the show before. Mm-hmm. All I know is she's on Twitter. She's a prominent activist talking about the stuff. <laughs> Many people are saying that her, her, sh- her, her past is shady and stuff like that. It's not true. She's lying. And I was like, oh, this is perfect. We're having Jeremy on the show. And then Jeremy didn't make it out. And I hit him up. I was like, bro, you're not coming? Like, come on the show. So that's, that's the best thing I can do. If you want to see it talked about, like, we got to fly Jeremy out. Um, what, what's figured out, and the challenge was this was the day we had booked in a, a month in advance and we're, we're booked up. But I would, I would happily make room for Jeremy. I mean, you know, Did absolutely. Brittany Venti get unbanned on Twitter? Mm-hmm. Both of them did. Oh, good. Yeah. All right, let's read some more. Russell Garcia says, I can't wait to vote for Matt in the election. Sending love from Spotsy. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. And um, if, uh, if anybody hasn't so far, you can, you can, you can follow this journey because I'm telling you right now, I'm coming to crush the establishment. And I will with the support of you. And you can do so 
at Matt for VA on social media, and uh, the website is mattforva.com. I'm fighting a war on two fronts, Democrats and uh, these Republican establishments. So if, uh, if you can help the campaign out, please do so. Yeah, man. Plus, uh, if you're not too far away, go to Gormelts, man. That was some good oh, food. We got to come back down. Is that place lit up right now from all the publicity? Oh, man. I mean, we've we've got such a, an awesome customer base, man. And, uh, and you know, it's it's now it's such a patriotic customer base. And um, the environment is just it's awesome, man. There's there's uh, never any issues in there. And we do something every night. So Wednesday nights we do trivia, Thursday karaoke, Friday and Saturday we do live music. And uh, our live music. So the, the entire name of the restaurant is Gourmet 90s Music Bar and Draft House. So we're all about 90s music. And our live music on Friday and Saturdays is uh, 80s and 90s cover bands. So we blast out, man. We have a good time. Maybe we can play a show some night there. Man, yes, indeed. Um, what, are your, what are your signature foods, your top three meals? Oh, man. So the, uh, the, the, the top ones are we have, a, we have a melt called the Southern Cookout. And uh, melts are, you know, grilled sandwiches. And uh, so what's in this one is uh, sharp cheddar cheese, some really good sharp cheddar cheese, and uh, sharp cheddar mac and cheese barbecue pulled pork that we we do everything from scratch so we even do our barbecue from scratch and uh, we don't sweeten our barbecue sauce with uh, sugar that's good that's very good sweeten it with figs Oh, okay. nice. It's amazing. It's amazing. That did, Luke, did Luke convince you to get off the seed oils? I, like, he he did, man. I'm on board. I'm on board, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's, we're, society's at the point where if you spend 30 to 40% more on the ingredients, you're going to get 70 to 80% right, more man. on the customer return. Luke actually just chatted to ask him about seed oils. <laughs> no, tell him I'm As, all in, man. He's all in. He's all yeah. in. Uh, yeah, man. We went down there. The, the, the food was, was, was amazing. The, the pretzel. Yeah, that was so, crazy. I mean, I like I don't want to eat all these glutens, man. But, oh my god, yeah. it's good. So, Educo down, we should come that. down. Maybe not this weekend, but the next one we'll come. And down. we've yeah, got we something do. for everybody. So everything on our menu, we can do gluten free, and uh, our pretzels are handmade uh, by a guy locally. He's uh, he's from Germany. Wow. I mean, the pretzels are legit. You tried it? It was and so good. We've got grilled cheese tacos. So what we do is we take a corn tortilla and we grill shredded mozzarella cheese to the outside. Because when you eat a a single tortilla uh, 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 taco, it falls apart, right? Yeah. All you got to do is lightly grill a little bit of mozzarella cheese to the outside of it, and you're good to go. So it's that's good. what we do. Oh, it's off the hook, man. <laughs> off the hook. All right, all right. Let's read some more. Let's read some more. All right. What do we got? Um, let's see. Wade McCunda says, MTG reminds me of a AAA gaming company nowadays. Oof. That's actually, that is, that is, that is a dig for those that don't know. All right. Raymond G. Stanley Jr. says, Tim, the cult twists everything we say to fit their narrative. Then, if they can't argue against our claims, they go right to insults. They're pathetic. Yep. That's right. T-Rex Petchup says, Tim, I don't have the good stuff for Mr. Bocus, but I have UT supplements and treats that help with kidney health. I can get the good stuff, however, on special order request. What's the update on Mr. Bocus? You know, you being here is the good stuff, man. Uh, uh-huh. Bucko's doing fantastic. He's sitting. I'm going to go see him in about 20 minutes, say whiz up, and then I'm going to come back up for the after show. He's probably laying on my bathroom floor right now. I got him a nice big uh, Is he wearing his body fresh suit? mat. No, I got him a new collar. He didn't like the bodysuit, and he could chew through it to get to the stitches. Yeah. So I got him this this Cosmos collar where it's like stars and stuff, and it looks like a... It's like it looks like a flower, so he can't bite his own stitches, you know. Mm. Uh, eating a lot, he gets inspired when I get inspired. So if I start working out, he gets inspired to start eating a bunch of meat. He's <laughs> put on a pound and a half in the last week or so. Has he? Yeah, he looks fantastic. Th- filling out. I'm gonna go take him to the vet tomorrow to get some uh, another diagnostic done before we give him the stem cell injection. But those are coming, and then what's what's the what's the update? 
uh, the stem cells. They are ready. Uh, Vet Stem is the company that does it. It's headquartered in, La- in uh, San Diego, California, I believe. And they will be sending it out overnight to the uh, clinic, whatever clinic we choose to go to. And then they will give them. It's a real simple thing. They just give them the injections. And I think it's every three months he gets another injection after that. And they think it will help his kidney function? That's and the plan, yeah. That's the It'll that's help the experiments everything, actually, shown, Yeah. His heart. Oh. Uh, I mean, I don't know exactly. I don't know. It, I, I think it might even heal up his stitches on his stomach. I'm fascinated. Oh, yeah. I, 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 I think it will. I think that's, that, that uh, they, you can buy stem cell therapy for humans where they harvest it from umbilical cords or whatever. Or you can do a thing where they take it from you and then culture it or whatever. But uh, we watched a video about it. And damaged tissue releases releases some kind of chemical or something, and then stem cells are attracted to it, attach, and then turn into the cells around it, repairing the damage. It, it's crazy. You can do it with teeth too. There's yeah. experiments that you can regrow uh, stem cells for teeth. Yeah, re-grow not the teeth. enamel, but the um, what's the stuff underneath the enamel? The, Your tooth? No, the it's root? like the root, but it's what's that stuff called? Not dentin. Oh. I'll pull it oh, up. I have no idea. All right. You know what's crazy though is one day, like in a hundred years from now. Uh, like after all the stem cell research and stuff, uh, like being paralyzed is not even going to be a thing anymore. And they're going to look back at us and, and laugh like at us. Like, can you believe they allowed people to stay paralyzed back then? They didn't know. People used to drink mercury. Exactly. Didn't know. Yeah, James Tours right. figured out how to, he injected uh, graphene nano ribbons into a, a spine of a, of a mouse that had, had complete severance of the spine. It was completely broken in half. And it regrew the spine within two weeks. It was walking again. Wow. Within three weeks, it was even better. All right. Christina H. says, my chickens have finally started laying again. It's been excellent. We, huh. They never stopped laying for us. You can do some tricks in the winter that you need a light because if, if there's not enough light, the chickens stop laying. It's how they, but if you turn the light on, chicken brain, chickens are not very smart, which may, may be surprising to you. And they think it's day, so they keep laying. It's like a thing, I guess, for chickens. Um, but there's also some breeds that, will, that, will, that lay better all around. And uh, I think black stars are really good layers. Hmm. Yeah, it's a Rhode, what is it, a, a Rhode Island Red and a Rooster and a uh, Barred Plymouth Rock. We have a whole bunch of them. We have too many of these guys. I like those little fluffy ones. What are those called? Little fluffy ones? Silkies? Oh, the silkies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah they, they have, cute. They, their, their meat, their skin is blue mm-hmm. and, their, and the chicken meat is black. That sounds awful. Oh, it's probably ever served different kinds of chicken meat. I want to now. That sounds, <laughs> sounds delicious, awesome. man. I mean, you guys, you, you can tell the difference between just a farm fresh egg and one you get at no joke. The store. I mean, it's so different. Man. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. When I when I when when I go out to eat and I order eggs, I'm like, these are conventional garbage eggs because mm-hmm. the eggs I get on, they're fluffy. It's, yeah, I can't. Yeah. I don't know. They're just better. The yolk is a different color. Darker. Yeah, yeah. It's got more of an orange tint to it. Yep. Yeah. I'm getting ready to get on the chicken train, man. I'm getting some chickens. Oh, that's so, cool. Yeah. I've seen restaurants that have chicken coops on the roof and stuff. Or I've heard of stuff mm, like that. That'd be dope. They like grow their own vegetables on the roof. Maybe it was. All right, Mac Ann says, I was put on Stratera at the age of five for ADHD. I was in foster care at the time. Later, when I was 14, I was put on Adderall and Prozac. I'm 23 now, and I've been off Prozac for almost a year, and I have never felt better. Nice, dude. Oh, yeah. good. Well, glad to hear it, man. Yeah. Glad we're How do you supplement? I want to know. Because I, I, for me, sometimes if, I, if I'm addicted to something, eating a healthy thing kind of like helps my body. Re- not just waiting for the addiction to go away, but actually introducing new things kind of to take control of my own body. But I'm interested to hear what you've done to right kick on. all that stuff. Yeah. You know what I did, man? I uh, So, like, during the pandemic, everybody was drinking more. Everybody was like, you know, and I started noticing, man, because I, I used to, I would I would have maybe a couple of beers on the weekend or something, but, you know, for whatever reason during the pandemic, man, I'd have a beer a day. And I said, I got to cut back, man. You know what I did? I introduced 
soda water to get mm. me away from, you know, just drinking beer. And it worked. Yeah. yeah I just started drinking soda water instead of regular water. And uh, I didn't I didn't want a beer anymore. To cut back on coffee, because I'll do coffee with peanut butter powder and uh, a little bit of coconut water, I just started doing hot water with peanut butter powder. And it's the peanut butter. My body is totally into it. All right, we got Mickey Blackwell says, I like this guy. Thanks for fighting for this country overseas and here. We need to watch out for how the government controls our food. Well, thanks, brother. I appreciate that. And, and you are absolutely correct about that. And that really scares me because how do we really make sure the government doesn't get involved in our food? That's the question. Aren't you know? they already involved in our food? Like, Yeah, but I mean, you hear, you know, you hear uh, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, I don't know if they're rumors or not, but you hear a lot of stories about how uh, they're going to come get these anti-vaxxers one way or another. They're going to put the mRNA vaccine in your food now. And, you know, it's just, and nothing today... To me, it's a conspiracy theory. Everything's on the table. I mean, the government's even admitting the aliens are real now. Well, are they, though? <laughs> right. Well, they did release all those documents. Somebody yeah, did. Yeah, they're saying UFOs. And yeah. like they're, like, if they came out actually and said, yeah, aliens are real, I'd, you know. I'd, I, I suspect a false flag. They're going to be like, aliens are attacking. Everyone stay inside. Do be. not get a gas car. We need to go only electric. <laughs> There's going to be, your TV's going to get taken over. Like, I just got a car maybe two years ago, my very first car ever in my life, and I will be damned if I'm giving that up. Your TV's gonna get taken over and it's gonna be an alien being like, humans, we have come to take over your planet. Only Unless you C- get rid of your gas cars. Tune to CNN. We only have CNN. Well, those of us are going to hang on to our gas cars and fight back by keeping our gas cars. But yes. then what happens when the gas stations go away? I don't like that. Well, you don't have a choice. <laughs> we need to fight back by putting the right people in these political positions. The issue, too, though, to with the electric cars is that they're not actually sustainable or renewable or better because of the, the implications of the mining that goes mm-hmm. into creating those batteries. The waste from the batteries is worse than the waste I from I think everybody spills. knows that except people who are lying to themselves. Well, I think they, yeah, I mean, you know, these people who are like, oh, I'm going to give up my gas stove to get an electric stove because it's better, not realizing that they're just creating waste by getting rid of their existing stove. This is a good one from Jeff Phelps. Says, my background is pharmacology, and I've worked in and with the pharmaceutical industry for years. I don't know one scientist at any pharmaceutical company that want anything except making medicines that help. And I'll tell you exactly what happens. The scientists are like, yo, we've, we've discovered this medicine that seems to do this thing. It's going to help a whole lot of people. Let's put it into tests. And then during those tests, they're like, we noticed that these pills you prescribe to save people from heart attacks is giving them boners. And then a business guy goes, we are going to make a fortune on boner pills. <laughs> and I think that's what it was, wasn't it? Something yeah. like that. That Viagra was not initially intended yeah. for that and, and Ozempic. Yeah. It was like a diabetes thing. Yeah. Now it's like a weight loss drug. Right. But it also it will give you suicidal ideation. Ozempic will? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they have that happy song. Oh, 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 it's yeah, a drug. But you have to like listen for the whole thing because it's actually huh. pretty bad. The side effects are, you know, mm-hmm. death. Well, I, I hate that commercial so much. I'll buy into that. Too. I mean, I believe the scientists are really trying to do good. I mean, the worker bees are uh, trying to solve a problem. It's the same as the military, like us soldiers that go to fight. Uh, we, we think we're fighting for a righteous cause. We're fighting for freedom in America. In reality, we're fighting to the guy uh, or the or the girl to our right and left. But in reality, in, in reality, do we really know what's going on? Do we really know what the puppets up at the Pentagon are uh, are really sending us out to fight for? It's the same thing in the pharmaceutical company. The scientists, the guys on the ground, they're uh, trying. They think they're doing what's right, but in all actuality, um, um, somebody else is in control of that. All right, David Flores says, guys, I spent 14 years addicted to opiates, been clean for four years now. I was a fireman and EMT. No doctor told me 
No doctor told me it was heroin. I lost everything. <coughs> Glad to hear you're clean now, my friend. Uh, sorry to hear you lost everything, man. That's great, dude. All right, user4179 says, here's a few bucks for all the 20s Ian's rolled tonight. Hell yeah. Ian's yeah, rolling nice. 20s like crazy. Tween. Kevin Corbett says, if you like horse racing, try your local dirt track. Sprint cars and late models are beastly. You know, I really want them to reopen the restaurant so you can sit up top with a seat, looking down. And that sounds fun. Eating food, and then every time you see the horses, and you're like, woo, and you can make your bet, and then go sit down and have your food, and be like, who, who got it? It was so much fun. I bet on all the favorites. Uh, two weeks ago and all the favorites won so nice. it's like you you bet 10 bucks and you win like 13 dollars or something so it's like okay and i guess it's because people will bet on the long shot horses and then that money covers so you don't you can't really you like if you really want to make money gambling you can go bet on roulette or something put on a red or black mm-hmm. but the horses is fun it's like you pick the horse with the stupidest name you know like american patriot or something no offense i mean the horse is a nice horse i'm sure but he just came in last place, so he didn't win anybody any money or anything like that. But it's fun, you know. Those those uh, those jockeys got some balls, man. Yeah, jumping up on those horses, man, and going around the track like they do, man. That's what I, the first thing I thought of when I was at a racetrack for the first time. I said, "Good lord, man, these dudes, they got some heart, man." Because those horses, man, they got some power. My yep. favorite are always the uh, mystery shows that take place at the horse races. Like you'll get like an Agatha Christie show and it's all about there's murder at the horse track and someone was illegally doping mm. the horse those are always my favorite <laughs> ones you know josh karen says the baby boomers retired during covid that's another good point i've heard that a lot that's why it's hard to find empl- uh, workers because the baby boomers were working you know management jobs they all retire then the millennials and gen xers start moving up gen xers take over these jobs millennials you know move into higher positions and now there's no low skill worker base I see. What about all the Gen Z people? Don't they? Are they just too young still? They're posting TikToks too much. They can't. I have no idea. They don't know. know what's going on. They don't know what's going on. They're living at home with their parents, probably. I yeah. guess my kid is Gen Z, right? Is that right? Yeah. If he's, if he's 2010. Is, it, is 2000? I don't know if that's Gen Z. That might be Gen Alpha. It's like that's, the next one. It's like the unknown. Yeah. No, it's yeah. Gen, Gen Alpha is the next one. Okay. I'm calling it Alpha Gen. Well, that's what some people call it. Now you want to look it up? Yeah, now that we've surpassed the Z. Gen Z, we're starting so it over again. Over, now we're yeah. just going to be Z Gen, <laughs> Alpha Gen, Beta Gen. Oh, just think because Gen Beta, Gen Alpha. You know, I don't want to no, 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 confuse no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. You don't want to trigger them, man. You want to be nice to those guys. <laughs> yeah, you got. You should hear a piece of paper and they walk on it, and then you play. So that's what I do. Dude, with the, I, alpha dude. generation, as if they're not going to be the most badass humans ever, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that, dude. Gen Alpha, Alpha Gen. <laughs> Is that what it's called? They got the that's word cut out for them. Yeah, they call it Generation the, Alpha because they have no creativity. But alpha, alpha Gen are going to be the Wall E hover chair, morbidly right. obese people. If you say that, they'll believe you, and then that's what they'll become. But we got to inspire Alpha <laughs> yeah, Gen. We got to change it, man. They're like what eight, what, nine, what years eleven. What's that? What's what's the generation alpha? Early two thousand tens. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I guess that's my kid. Yep. That's right. Gen to alpha. the mid twenty twenties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All the kids these days are Gen Alpha. Well, early twenty tens. What is that? Is that twenty ten specifically, or because maybe he's at the cutoff? Oh, it doesn't say. He's a uh, Gen Zalpha, like a oh, Zennial. Yes. <laughs> he's like right on the cusp. Yeah. Like well, Ian's a Zennial. I think they call it. Uh huh. Yeah. It's like X. Yeah. When you're, when you're the last year of X. Yeah. I'm, I'm seventy nine. So right. I'm right at the end X. of Gen X, they call them Zennials. Yeah. When does Millennials all... start? Millennial? I 1981. Think was... I think is it 81? Are you sure? I think it would be Millennial. No, no, no. It's not 81. Wikipedia says 81 to 96 is Millennial. Wow. And then 97 to 2012 is Z, so that'd be 2013. Oh, okay, so he's Z. Yeah, okay. your kid is Z, 2012. He's a Zalpha. Okay. Yeah. He would be a, yeah, a Zalpha. Yep. 
All right, like, what do we got here? James Ray says a lot of people died from COVID and the homeless might be a reason not enough workers. That is a good point, you know? Yeah, what's your um, worker base been like the whole process? Did you see more people leave or have you hired more? It, it's it's tougher to get people. I mean, my wife and I um, are at the restaurant, you know, all day, every day, because uh, it's hard to get people in, especially management positions. Uh, it's easier to get the, the, the younger workers that are just coming into the workforce. I mean, although I got to, you know, I, I got to overpay them to work. It's easier to get those folks because they're just coming into the workforce. But to get the 25-year-olds the who can hold down the restaurant without me having to be there you know, 24-7, those are the positions that are impossible to fill right now. And it's just I have no idea why. I have no answer for it. It's just weird. But what I do see is I do know a lot of people are on unemployment because I put those ads out and I'll get like 30 applications a week. And I'll call all of them in for an interview, and none of them will show up. Wow! They're just checking the mark because they got to apply to a oh. certain amount of jobs. Oh my every goodness! Week. To fill out for unemployment, you and have I to actually say. I called the unemployment office in Virginia, and I said, "Hey guys, this is going on. Um, just wanted to you know alert you to it." And and uh, and they 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 transferred me to like five different people because everybody said, "Oh, I don't know, I don't know what to do with that information." And I said, "No, no, no! I got this person's name right here. I wanted to let you know." If they're on unemployment, I called them in for an interview, and I, I'm I'm gonna I'm I'll offer them a job. So just so you know, if they're on unemployment, I will offer them a job. And they transferred me to like five different people. Finally, she was like, "We don't have anybody that records that information." Or but that. here's the issue: if someone makes twenty bucks an hour, loses their job, goes on unemployment, comes to you, and you say, "I'll give you fifteen bucks an hour," and they go, "Okay," and then you're like, "Why aren't they calling back?" They they could be telling unemployment. I got an offer, but it was under my normal wage, and they'll say no, no, don't take it. Because the the the, the problem is, if somebody makes let's say somebody makes like fifty k a year and they get laid off and they're desperate, unemployment covers a very small amount. Then they get offered a job at thirty five. What they actually say is, if you take that underpaying job, you will start like it will that your bills you won't be able to pay them. You will end up in the exact same position. And it'll be for longer, and it will reinstate another round of benefits. So the math actually is: don't take an underpaying job; otherwise, they'll end up paying more unemployment. You see how it works? Yeah, or I do. Not that I'm saying it's justified. I'm saying that's the logic they give. Yeah, I mean everything the government puts their hands on um, turns to shit, and that's the that's the moral of the story. That's the bottom line. Yeah, well, you know that's that's truth. That's truth. John L says, "What is Libby's excuse for the post millennial headlines of Antifa forced protesters?" Oh. <laughs> That was funny. I got you. You did. Yeah, you got me. On I was that reading one. this post one. It was like Antifa protests, shoots cop, burns down buildings. And I'm like, yeah. hold on a minute. You know, it was interesting because we had run stories about that before where the headline called them domestic terrorists. Um, and this was a story that Andy No was working on. Um, and he, we, he and I talked about it at length. And apparently it's actually called the Atlanta Forest. Um and he thought that by saying defenders, he was making fun of them. Well, well why would you want to make fun of them? Why yeah, don't you just do the news? We didn't end up totally agreeing on that headline. Yeah, even uh, Cassandra wrote a story and she called them protesters. And then I said the same thing. I was like, Timcast.com, protest? What is this? And then later yeah. it says they're charged with domestic terrorism. And I'm like, let's just say Our alleged previous, yeah. domestic terrorists. Our previous headlines had said domestic terrorists. Yeah. Um, so I think maybe we were just switching it up a little bit. But. Alleged is key. 
if yeah. they've just been charged. But exactly. I think they were charged. Innocent until proven yeah. guilty. They were charged with domestic terrorism. This, but but you the guy that shot the cop in the woods. Yeah, allegedly. yeah, yeah. And then oh, allegedly. You got to understand. Then he got shot and killed allegedly. And and you got to. He was allegedly killed. Yes. Well, he's dead, and you can't defend the dead. But you got to understand the scariest thing of the story about these Antifa terrorists is that they crossed state lines with guns. You know, that's really that, a disconcerting situation. Yeah. I don't think you should. There should be obviously checkpoints so that you're not allowed to cross. They cross state lines with guns. <laughs> Shout out to the United wow. States. That's crazy. Can't believe Could they would do that. Could you even imagine? That, that's just whew, heavens, mercy. All right. B. Walsh says I was in Walmart one night at about eight thirty p.m. So in a busy area, not not so real late, or so not real late, they only had self-checkout. I forced them to put someone on the register, said there's 20 employees doing nothing. Yo, you know what I can't stand? We would go, what store would we go to? We, we stopped going there. Uh, I, think it's, I think it's Weiss, the mm-hmm. supermarket chain out here, because our self-checkout doesn't work. Hmm. Here's what happens. I know what you're going to say. What, 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 what do you think? I hate it, man. So you, you, you ring something up. You, and then it tells you put it in the bag exactly yeah. oh and then God. you're like it's in the bag it's in the bag it's like please place item in the, it is it's sitting so right you have in to the... take it out and put it back in exactly or, or when register. they say every please, single please time please remove the item from the bagging area and, and then you're you, like there's nothing there yep. I literally didn't put anything there and then I'm going I'm, I'm putting it down and then it's like it won't scan anything and then I pick it back up and it's like please return the item and you're like I put it back down and then it goes Please wait for assistance. Oh, my, are you kidding me? Yep. And then we're like, hello, is any human here? Like, and there's no humans. Nope. I just want to walk down the aisle and just push everything onto the floor, man. It just pisses <laughs> me off. That's what so they much. do in New York, and then they steal it. They, yep. put, they put face masks on because, you know, they're COVID compliant. Walk in with garbage bags, take everything off the shelves, and run out. And security guards, like, nobody will stop them. And you'll even have employees telling customers, like, don't do anything, and they'll just film it. But everything is becoming automated. I even mm-hmm. get I, I, I get an email probably once a month from companies that are making these robotic arms that can run your grill for you. All right. That doesn't Steven, sound like it's going to result in good grilling. Oh, it doesn't. Steven Sanders says, Tim, a lung cancer patient and myself were arrested December 12th, 2022, with another veteran, D-Lind, Florida, for not wearing a mask held in police car Three hours, 47 minutes, all charges following SSA mask policy last month. Footage available in Florida. Where's Ron DeSantis on that one? Big Hail fans says, big fan, Tim. The fact that this was allowed to happen is absolutely disgusting. Wouldn't this qualify as biological warfare? When do we bring back tarring and feathering? I don't think tarring and feathering is actually effective. Not that I think locking someone up for, you know, a long period of time is effective either. Well, if you tar and feather someone, that's a, that's death. You kill them by doing that. Pretty much. Were they killing them? Yeah, that's a you can die from that. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It, they used to do it all the time to people. Mm-hmm. That's a weird thing to do. I don't. They get also it, like, used like, to draw and quarter people. That would yeah. also kill. Have you. Have you guys? Okay, so I'm watching 1883. I don't like it. All right. I don't know. You guys have seen it? I haven't seen it. No. Everybody's telling me last night at dinner, like, you gotta see it. It's so good. It's it's the Oregon Trail. It's this it's this it's a prequel to Yellowstone. And they're and they're going and there's like it's like if you've ever played the game the Oregon Trail when you're a kid, oh you're gonna love it. And then I'm watching it, and it's literally like every five seconds, it's people just killing each other. And I'm like, come on, man. Yeah. And then and then it's apparently like it's it's realistic to how things were back then. I'm no. like, come on. There's like a pickpocket, and then and maybe this is true, fine. The main character just shoots him in the back, and then you and then everyone starts, someone else pickpocket starts stomping on him while he's got like buckshot in his back, and then he goes, he took my wallet and grabs his wallet back, and then they literally drag him and just string him up right there, killing him on the spot. And I'm like, for real? No. Okay, maybe, maybe, no. maybe. Then 
there's like, oh, I don't want to spoil it, but there's like a, a big fight happens and a kid dies. So they go to the marshal, who's played by Billy Bob Thornton, and he's like, well, let's go. And then he walks into the saloon and then he goes, he yells at the guy's name and then he's like, look, I, boom, shoots him, shoots it, shoots a guy, shoots a guy, shoots a guy. And he goes, are there any else? And then he points at another guy and he just walks up and shoots him. And I'm like, come on. That's just not. Literally every 10 seconds, someone's dying. And it's like, how would human civilization function right. if this is how it actually went down? And people are saying, like, that's really how it was. You'd walk into a saloon and just murder 10 people and walk away and nobody. Yeah. You I know, don't man. think that's real. The other thing, too, is whenever you see these shows and a whole bunch of people get killed, no one has any emotional reaction. And I right. don't think that's accurate either. No, like people not. vomiting and stuff. Like, yeah, you'd have an emotional reaction. You'd be like freaked out if somebody walked into where you were sitting and shot 10 people. All right. We're going to read one more here. Jennifer Ramos says, Matt for VA Senate at Matt for VA on all social media platforms. If you haven't already, would you kindly smash the like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends and become a member over at TimCast.com. Type in TimCast.com. Click join us. We are going to post, it'll be on the front page at about 11 p.m., a members-only uncensored segment from this show that you haven't seen. We're going to record it right now. So become a member to support us. We really do appreciate it. You can follow the show at Timcast IRL on all platforms. Follow us on Instagram. You can follow at Timcast News on Twitter. One of our reporters got attacked by some uh, protester. Light Leo wasn't crazy. He like, tried to steal his camera or something and then just walked off. And you can follow me personally at Timcast. Matt, do you want to shout anything out? Yeah, absolutely. Please follow me at Matt for VA everywhere. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, everywhere. And also uh, check out my website, mattforva.com, and uh, and follow this journey I am on to, like I said, crush the establishment and bring some true patriotic representation for the people to the state of Virginia so uh, so I can... I can I can I can start to clean this thing up, guys, because the state level stuff is uh, is, uh, is it's where it starts. And even if you don't live in Virginia, it's important to you because Virginia has always been a swing state. And the first thing I'm coming to do is make sure we secure our elections. So what you guys will know is that the 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 politicians that are selected at the federal level, the congressmen and the U.S. senators that come out of Virginia, they will actually be selected by the people once I take the state Senate seat. So please go to mattforva.com and support my campaign, guys. Right on. I'm Libby Emmons. You can follow me at Libby Emmons on Twitter, and you can check out thepostmillennial.com. Anyone wants clarification, it's Matt4VA. It's F-O-R, not the number, but the word for. Matt4VA. Good to see you, man. Thank you. Looking forward to spend some time at Gormouts playing a show. I can't wait, man. I'm ready for you guys to come down and rock with be us. hot. And Matt Gates, when he was on, we were talking about blockchain backups for voting to secure the actual votes. That's very interesting. So if you and Matt can ever get in touch, I think that might be something we can start pushing forward I with. I would love to. Yeah. Great stuff. All right. Bye, everyone. I'm Ian Cross. I'm happy to see you. Happy Monday. Take care of yourself tonight. And I am at Surge.com. It's been a good show. Really hoping you do well, my friend Matt. It sounds like your head is in the right place. Uh, that was a good show. Let's go to the next one. All right, everybody. We will see you all over at TimCast.com in about an hour. Thanks for hanging out.